is it is it something that feels like a second skin or is this something that feels like nature's cashmere? Mm-hmm. So it becomes this thing that becomes a part of you. Mm-hmm. And that's what we started with the ethics materially and that's where the elemental nature of one golden thread began. But then it just became in my design eye, which is like, well, how can we play with our food? How can we do this differently? Why would we maybe have the, the shirts be longer to elongate the human form, to stand like kings, arm-hugging sleeves that are longer in nature, that hug the bicep, raw edges just like life, a golden thread that weaves through it as a metaphor for our understanding, a little flip tag on the side that gives you a little reminder that you are golden. And so there's, if the clothes have codes, there's a beautiful message within all of it that is about, you know, I don't believe in ecosystems anymore, Paul, unless it's wrapped in an ecosystem. Welcome to Living 4D with Paul Check. Today's guest is Jeff Skull. Jeff is the creator and designer of nature regenerative love style brand, One Golden Thread. He inspires people to reveal the gold that resides inside, claim their voice, and live by design. At the age of 51, Jeff made a legendary pivot from serial entrepreneur in the corporate world to become a first-time clothing designer and floetic spoken word artist. Led by his heart and passion to inspire aligned action in the world, Jeff wove together a sacred connection between self, community, and planet. This journey led him to cultivating a global community and designing sacred earthwear to wear everywhere. Through conscious clothes, cultivated experiences, and poetic truth-speaking, Jeff's purpose is to inspire us to tap into our most authentic self-expression, to live life golden. Jeff is a thought leader in regenerative fashion, three times profiled in Forbes, and a frequent guest on Conscious Community Podcasts. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and a warm review at the top of the show page on Spotify or at the bottom of the show page if you are listening on Apple Podcast. Your opinions matter and your ratings help us to grow, help more people to be healthy, find freedom of body and mind, and to live their dreams. And now over to Paul with Jeff for today's episode, Wrapped in Nature. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Living 4D with Paul Check. Today, the title of our discussion is Wrapped in Nature. My guest today is a very amazing man named Jeff Skult, the founder of One Golden Thread. Kyle Kingsbury, one of my best buddies in the whole world, and has the Kyle Kingsbury podcast, which if you're not familiar with, I highly recommend. It's a fantastic podcast. And Kyle's an amazing human being, turned me on to Jeff and said, Paul, I think you got to meet Jeff and try his clothing out. It's some of the most amazing clothing I've ever worn. And I said, well, you got my interest because I've been looking for a long time for some really high quality natural fiber clothing made by a company that shares the same mission, vision, and values that I do, which is protecting the earth and bringing people back into harmony with the earth. So I made contact with Jeff, and he sent me some of his clothes, and I actually filmed the opening of it, um, which I'll try to have someone put in the show notes so you can see that video. But it was truly a, a spiritual experience. It was the first time in my life I'd ever put on clothing that added life force energy to my body. I'm extremely sensitive to subtle energies. And literally, as I pulled the shirt over my head, I felt my energy field expanding as though someone, literally like I was doing Tai Chi, but I wasn't doing Tai Chi. And then as I put the pants on, it just became stronger. 
and I felt the material. It was so soft. It was just unbelievably comfortable. It breathes. It's strong. It lasts a long time. And as Jeff will share shortly here, it's made of trees, which is very, very unusual to have clothing made of trees. So it is with absolutely great pleasure that I have Jeff here with me live at my rainbow home today to do a podcast with you. And I'm excited for him to tell you his story. And I'll tell you up front, this is not just a podcast about clothing. It's a podcast about life. It's a podcast about love. It's a podcast about spirituality. And Jeff is a very deep human being. He's a poet. He's an artist. He's a creator. And uh, I'm very grateful to have you here, Jeff. So thank you. Mm, Paul, it's a, it's, it's a deep dive of an honor to be here with you. And I have to tell you that when I first came into coherence of of you uh, with Kyle, uh-huh. and Kyle kept referencing you and and uh, Doctor Quiet and you know and, and 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 all the different things within. And as I became familiar with 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 your teachings and 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 the blessings and the lessons with which you're with which you're gifting, you know what what I really receive is that you're playing in both the meta and the physical. Mm-hmm. And it's a very powerful thing to be met there and. What you're doing in terms of voraciously bringing together all the great teachings and wisdoms and lessons, um, you know, you said it earlier when we were having a workout this morning. You said you know you're bringing together the essential, and I agree with that. But what I see is that what you're bringing together is the essential into the elemental. Yes, and it's grounding. And my favorite word in the history of words is not an English word, and the word is is situ. Are you familiar with that word? I have heard it. You mean in situ? S- situ, S-E-T-U. No, tell me about it. Situ is a Sanskrit word that means the bene- in the way I receive it, it means the benevolent bridge. And mm. it's not a bridge in the linear. It's a bridge that I look at like a mycelium network of pulling all the elements together. Beautiful. And so it's an honor to meet you today, a true spirit mm. animal brother um, <laughs> on, on the situ. And Great. so, thank you, and truly, you know, this is a this is a buckle up, and and I'm uh, I'm honored to be to be met, um, and you know, with what, as you mentioned, you know, this is is not just about clothes. There was there was codes in in, in what was created here, and so to be met in both the physical and also the meta is something that's deeply powerful. So I, I just want to just share with you that the the um, the gratitude and graciousness with which I'm I sit here with you. So thank you. Well it's my pleasure. It really is. And and I was excited that you you live close enough to come down and be here and you know I wanted to share our, our rainbow home with you and just kind of how we engage life and it was fun to take you around the property and show you our gardens and our greenhouse that's under construction and just get a feel for the land and you know enjoy the sauna and the cold plunge and Sasha's great food and just the vibe, you know, and it's like uh, we're really doing our best to create a space for our children to learn how to live so they can carry that out into the world and, you know, be grounded in reality instead of digital delusions, you know. Yeah, being earth-connected. Yeah, you know, exactly. Truly, truly in everything that we do and see and be, and, be and, and, uh, and let go of what we used to believe. I always tell people any philosophy worth living is worth challenging. You know, if you if you're not challenging it, then you're a believer 
not an intuitor or a deep thinker or an open-minded human being, you know? Yes. Jeff, I'd love it if you could uh, share a biographical sketch of your life, your work, and what ultimately inspired you to create One Golden Thread. And, and I ask that because, you know, in our work together, uh, you know, we've met to talk to each other, get to know each other by uh, video conference. We've had time to hang out together. And what I really loved when I spent time with you is realizing that you're way more than just a guy that makes cool clothing, you know, and, and today we're going to give you a chance to share some of your poetry because your poetry is incredibly powerful. And, you know, you design these clothes and you have, you know, a very artistic aspect to your soul. And you and I share that both of our mothers are great artists. My mother's a very accomplished sculptor and your mother was a very accomplished artist. So we kind of have that gene in us and it's fun for me to be with someone that relates to the world artistically because one of my personal beliefs that God is an artist. The difference is God's the artist that can make the most beautiful painting and burn it and feel no remorse and know that God can just do it all again. And so when I meet somebody that's got that beautiful capacity for creativity and detachment, it's it's a real rare experience. So I think it would be lovely if you could share with people kind of how you grew into this man that you are and what ultimately led to the creation of One Golden Thread. Yeah, I was born um, by two incredible parents, uh, a naturalist father mm. and a mother who saw life through a, color, uh, through a color palette of an artist's lens. And, um, you know, that was, that was foundational for, for me. You know, my father took us on the banks of the, I was conceived on the bank of a river. Cool. Um, when I walked into Burning Man 40 years later, uh, one of the matriarchs of Burning Man took one look at me, and after 10 minutes, she says, your name is River. <laughs> so cool. th th this has been in my DNA, and my mother's art was all about nature and us as one. Now, I pushed this all away for half a century. So we'll get to that, you know, in a moment. So, you know, but I was, I was born as a very, into a constitution that, was very empathetic. Mm, that's beautiful. Um, to everyone's journey, but my own. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm sure there was a force of nature working there that would crack the cosmic egg, and it did. If there's one thing that you know would be a blessing that would this podcast would be would be somebody to see themselves. Well, I didn't have to. I don't have to wait 50 years, right, to allow myself to be empathetic to my journey and to realize that the goal that resides inside us is the thread that unites us. Yes. Which is, we'll get there. Uh, I was, you know, very empathetic to everyone's journey, but my own, and it developed a um, a deep muscle memory of listening to understand versus mm -hmm. respond. Yes. Now, you know, I, I was uh, I was a very weird kid in this way, um, and weird, you know. Um, by the way, which is a very powerful word to unpack. Which it's, is, it's a very shamanic word. Exactly. Exactly, you know, weird um, that we thought was one that was disassociative and unable to fit in and what have you. I mean, do you, uh, there's a guy that, I mean, you've got, we're, we're, we're encased in books. I don't know if you have this book here. It was written by a guy named Webster. What's uh, the name of the book? The Dictionary. Oh, <laughs> I have plenty of Webster's dictionaries, yes. I've got a whole <laughs> shelf of dictionaries. I probably got 20 of them. Have you ever looked up the word weird? 
Uh, I, I I have looked it up actually, but um, can we unpack it right now? Fred Allen Wolf, you know who Fred Allen Wolf is? I do not. He, oh, Fred Allen Wolf is a genius. He's a not only a shaman, but he's a quantum physicist, and he's he was featured in the movie What the Bleep, and he's written some of the most powerful books there is in the world on spirituality and quantum yeah. physics. But he goes into what weird means because he says I was weird. So he has a whole section in one of his books that really is all about weird. So I'm pretty hip to weird. Well, and I, I'm weird, so you, it's okay. You, you are weird AF, and and you know the if there's if if your listeners are going to take the first thing away from this podcast, it's 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 the re recapitulation and the definition of coming back in a coherence of the power and the beauty and the grace and the openness of weird, which is acting supernatural. Mm-hmm. And one who's following their destiny. Yeah. So I was doing that, but I was doing that as a deflection, not as a reflection. I was being listener. I saw the gold that resides inside. I was sitting with my parents, friends at age eight and asking not just questions of them, but I would ask them follow-up questions. And I remember one time up as the story went, I think one of the, that they, uh, my father came to me or my mother and said, what did you say to Herschel? <laughs> he came and he was all teary-eyed and said that he, <laughs> he, he saw, he saw something in himself he hadn't, he had he forgot about and it came from something you said to him. So I, this was the way that I, I was, I was living in the muscle memory that I was being. I saw the gold that resided inside people and yet I didn't see that in myself. Mm. So the way that it manifested as I, grew into adulthood was that I became a deep listener. I became, you know, language was, my mother was the punniest person that I know. So language and putting words and pulling, taking words apart and putting them back together and was something that was powerful. And yet I never saw myself as creative. I never saw myself as being an expressor. I saw myself as being a reflector. Mm, Yeah. So um, what transpired is um, I developed a dis- ease inside myself that manifested itself very specifically uh twice a year i would get golf ball size enlargements in my throat on both sides um and it would drop into my lungs and i develop a flu-like symptoms twice a year just Mm. officially i just assumed this was this is what everybody went through Mm um and into my late 30s um and early 40s, I had walking pneumonia three times in seven years. Wow. And I ended up going to see a Chinese medicine doctor because Western medicine wasn't doing the trick for me. They just want to cut it out. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and the Eastern medicine, I mean, this was a very different place in my life. I was saying, I was expecting, you know, you know, me to say, what's, what do I take the red pill or the blue pill and give it to me so I can just move on with my life? And he looked at me and after he took my pulse and for those that are, listening and showing you the way he took my pulse, which I'd never experienced before. He was like dancing around my wrist. I couldn't find my pulse. And he finally did what he needed to do. And he sat back in his chair and he said, are you open to receiving? Can I give it to you straight? And this, I felt like the first time in my life I was going to allow myself to confront myself. Mm -hmm. And so I sat there grounded like, okay, let go of your ego, fucker, Jeff. (laughs) And and you, you better really listen. And, you know, this is your moment to first moment. It was a crucible moment. And he looked at me and he said, you're a shallow breather. Your lungs are scarred. Your kidneys are on fire. And he said, 
while you may look good on the on the outside, I can tell you right now that you're not long for the planet. Mm. And whatever it is you need to re-examine in terms of relationships in your life, it's time for you to start if you so choose. And that relationship begins with yourself. Yeah. And that started me on an on an open journey. Sometimes we need to be, you know, we actually need to be shocked into um, yeah, wake into, up to ourself. Wake up to ourself, and so that was the the opening of a journey. And and I had on my desk for probably six months. It was gathering dust. A pamphlet from Esalen, and um, and I finally creased it. And I was looking through the pages with my partner at the time, and she's looking at it too. And we decided we're going to go to Esalen. Each take our own workshop. Great. And I'm thumbing through the pages, and every page felt like it was awaken your inner dharma, unicorn, mumbo-jumbo, woo-woo bullshit. Mm-hmm. And I stopped even reading the names of the workshops mm-hmm. and just read the first page, the first sentence. Like, I figure if they, the first sentence is going to give you some indication. And I turn the page and think of the moment, Paul, and your listeners – that you feel like you were just punched in the chest. Mm-hmm. Think of that moment that you actually receive something, and it's like that that centrifugal force from the crown to the root, and it meets in the middle mm-hmm. and drops your heart. And that's what happened when I read those first two sentences, and then I read the headline of what the workshop was called, and a tear fell. What was the workshop? Well, first of all, the first sentence said, do you ever feel that other people's opinions hold sway over your own mm. to such an extent that you don't know what your truth is? Wow. And the workshop was claiming your voice. That's and beautiful. remember, it all started. Yeah. With your voice. With, with my voice, throat. with yeah. my throat. And so what came out of that was really a rushing river of openness. And all of a sudden, what I was developed a lifelong muscle memory was of listening to understand versus respond, I began to understand myself mm-hmm. and come into coherence with myself. And it developed a new muscle memory of the rushing river that led me uh, to plant medicine mm-hmm. that opened me up there. And, and in 2014, became another crucible moment where it was, my, uh, second, it was a buffer day of a second plant ceremony and the night before, for the first time in my life, I, I, um, I had seen Source, mm. and I saw the Source in a way that I'd never understood it before. I shared the story with you last night. It was that moment where I said, "I need to get out of this basement. I need to go outside mm-hmm. in this beautiful valley in Vermont." And it was. I walked outside and I looked up and I saw something that I'd never understood before. And I saw the stars truly smiling. Yes. I saw the trees dancing. Mm-hmm. And I looked to my left at the person that was watching me. And I saw this this purple, whitish, bluish light emanating from his chest. And I looked down at myself and I saw the same. And in that moment, it just became clear, like this notion that the universal aspect of it all, yeah, that 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 godlike energy that resides inside, and God is source. It's not about religion; it's about simple this coherence of connection, and that we begin to realize we do everything we do for connection and love. Yes, we do. And the next day, 
I looked at my open pages of a journal, and what flowed out of that was something that I'd never even thought of was imaginable, which was I was unpacking all the lies in disguise, all the reframes around everything from fear and ego and pain and love into this coherence of new gateways of understanding. And it was that that I buried for two years as something that was a self-mantra, but I'd shared it with nobody, that I came to realize was a story not about me, but is a story about we, and that the gold that resides inside us is the thread that unites us, and that became the expression that if I can share my golden voice, I can inspire another and another and another to share theirs. Well, it's interesting, too, because you're, you're, you were a professional storyteller, if I remember right. I was an amplifier um, prior to One Golden Thread for everybody else's visions and, 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 and uh, vibrations. Um, so, yes, I was a storyteller um, as a as a business, you know, as a, as a revenue monkey or as a, as a business head for other things that were putting good things in the world, but it, it never was a divinely guided, you know, wasn't um, your own. It wasn't, it wasn't my own voice. I was simply, again, I was living into the old pattern of Jeff, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and, and what I realized, you know, is that when you're, when you're simply amplifying for others, um, you know, I, I I was a master of likes before likes were a thing with you know Instagram and Facebook right. and whatever. But I was that's the way I was courted, and therefore I I created myself as a chameleon. Mm. And so um, it's very important, you know, for all those listeners that are that are that are saying, you know, yes, fuck yes, thinking back to the moment that you stepped into to your own expression, and because what that does is it you know and um, it, it gives us permission, you know, to, to 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 pivot into that thing that gives us purpose and perspective and patience and love. Mm-hmm. It took me obliterating the lie that if we are sharing, that we are somehow being selfish, narcissistic, or egoic. Mm. And the reality is, is, it's just the opposite. By sharing your voice, you are simply um, allowing people to see. You know, the source energy within you, and you're inspiring others to do the same. Hello, everybody. For the month of April, the Czech Institute is offering a special discount offer on all Integrated Movement Science Level 1 prerequisite courses. I designed the Integrated Movement Science Level 1 specifically to address what was missing in the personal trainer and strength coaching certifications worldwide. Why? Because the percentage of people at all ages engaging exercise professionals commonly show up with a variety of postural and muscle imbalance syndromes, unresolved and undiagnosed orthopedic injuries, and chronic health challenges such as global inflammation or metabolic syndrome, chronic fatigue, adrenal exhaustion, digestive and eliminative challenges, high levels of toxicity from the environment, and from eating non-organic foods that come in plastics cans and from cooking with toxic cookware, such as aluminum and cookware with Teflon linings. Teflon is used to stop foods from sticking to pans, but the problem is it sticks to you. A good example of why Integrated Movement Science Level 1 is so important for anyone that wants to master effective exercise program designed for themselves or for any exercise or healthcare professional that designs corrective, general conditioning, or high-performance conditioning programs was demonstrated in a study that I read in a major medical journal about 10 years ago. 
The study was conducted by finding a large group of adults that had never had any back pain. The subjects were then given an MRI scan for the lumbar spine. The researchers found that 72% of the pain-free subjects had a lumbar disc bulge. When the MRI scans were put before a panel of orthopedic surgeons for analysis, they conducted that 50% of the subjects in the study were surgical candidates. These are the people going to gyms, engaging intense training programs like CrossFit and others, most often without any skillful training in exercise technique. It is exactly this kind of situation coupled with poor levels of general health that have led to a large number of people getting injured and not achieving their health and fitness goals, but often being in so much pain, they are debilitated and end up on multiple drugs needing surgery and frequently end up worse off than when they started going to a gym. Having seen this exact problem throughout my career and being a therapist to many such people and athletes of all skill levels that came to me for help with these kinds of problems, I felt it was my duty to develop IMS1 to both upskill health and exercise professionals so they know how to perform a holistic assessment and write a holistic coaching plan and to protect the public from unnecessary injuries and setbacks. IMS1 can be taken online at your leisure or attended live. What you will learn in this truly holistic training program is the essential check holistic principles, including how the male and female energies function through the autonomic nervous system and body, and how they relate to diet and lifestyle choices. You will learn the importance and application of my four-doctor system that shows you how to create a holistic diet, exercise, and lifestyle plan, which includes training on doctor happiness, doctor movement, doctor diet, and doctor quiet. You'll learn why posture is essential to understand and how to assess posture and correct posture with the skillful application of joint mobilization, corrective stretching, and corrective exercise prescription. How to perform specific length tension assessments to identify muscle imbalance syndromes and training on the scientific application of stretching and joint mobilization for corrective purposes. You will learn how to determine an individual's overall levels of stress and design holistic exercise programs that produced enhanced well-being. Additionally, you will learn how to assess and correct abdominal wall dysfunction and restore core function to the spine, which will provide extremity stability and how to break down a case history and design a client-specific holistic program to meet the client's unique needs. To enter this foundational training program online or live, there are three essential prerequisite courses that must be completed so you have a holistic-based education and have the necessary knowledge to prepare for your Integrated Movement Science Level 1 training, and they are all included in the special offer we have for this month of April. They are our Scientific Core Conditioning e-learning course, Scientific Back Training e-learning course, and Program Design e-learning course, all of which can be done in the comfort of your own home at your own pace. When you purchase your IMS1 prerequisite bundle in April, you will save 15%. The IMS1 prerequisites are not only essential for IMS1 students, but will enhance any health or exercise professional's mastery of assessment and correction for the core, back, and greatly enhance the effectiveness of your program design skills. These prerequisite courses are also ideal for any exercise enthusiast or athlete that wants to learn, heal, and get it right the first time. No promo code is needed. Simply go to shop.chekinstitute.com. That's shop.chekinstitute.com and get started today. 
you have a lot of experience as a storyteller, how important is our personal myth or story? And how do we feel our personal, how do you feel our personal story influences the collective story? So how important is our personal story? And how does our personal story ultimately influence the collective? I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. You know, um, there's so many layers and textures to that. Um, I think one of the more powerful ones is 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 something that I had the opportunity in this vast library um, uh, was was to um, to see and it, it expresses it, which is it's the difference. It's the it's the harmony between our unconscious and our conscious. Yeah, and it's the that it's that that fluid um, that 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 fluidness. It's that flow of source energy because mm-hmm. it gives us something to ascribe to now the key thing within that mythos is is not to so not to create meaning within that because we don't need to create meaning with it it simply gives us something as a as a visual reference um it becomes like a dreamlike state even when we're awake you mean someone's story yes yeah and it's important to realize the story evolves you know i think that it's it's very important um you know and it I, I had to learn this lesson as a universal bitch slap, which is don't fall, <laughs> don't fall, don't fall deep so deeply in love with your, um, with with the meaning and the message behind what you're doing, as to not be able to receive and realize that everything is intended to to be fluid and to morph, mm-hmm. and 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 that's a very powerful lesson because we if we if we if we fall so deeply in love with what we believe and what we see and what we say and the mythos behind it. We can stop listening, mm-hmm. and then we can we can disallow ourselves to to pivot. You know, one of the things that I think, you know, and I'm just going to hold this up because it's the most inco- important thing that we need to realize as a believer. Yeah, right. Within within being a believer, if you just write those that word out or beliefs, um, oftentimes we need to remember and, and that there's a lie that resides someplace yeah. inside. Mm-hmm. And you know, look no further than my ninety-one-year-old father, who um, is choosing to still ask why, mm-hmm. and not from a place of the way we oftentimes do it as adults, mm-hmm. asking why to be either critical or cynical, yeah, um, <clears throat> or dismissive, or to be a topper. You know, instead to come back to the childlike energy of acting why. From a place of, of inquiry, mm-hmm. um, and a place of um, of wonderment. One of the things I tell my students in in various training programs is that the word believe means be live. Whatever you believe, you make live. Yes, you give life to it. And if your life is not something that you're enjoying, then you have to look at what you're making live by believing it. Yes, and so I think. The, the, you know, belief is powerful. It can be helpful. You know, when I did Tony Robbins' Firewalk, I had to believe that I wasn't going to get burned, and I had to believe it so thoroughly that I didn't get burned. And I watched a lot of people that couldn't believe it halfway through those coals and got very badly burned and ended up in an ambulance. So I think when you do something like a firewalk, you realize that we have the power to believe with such capacity we can overpower the truth of the elements fire is hot it'll burn you those coals were 2600 degrees you had a thermometer in there and i looked at it myself so 
you know, there's no physical or physiological way you can justify how a human being can take, you know, a 35 or 40 foot firewalk on 2600 degree coals. But when you realize that we have the power to believe ourselves into the transcendent of an elemental reality, which means we raise our vibration so high that we're no longer trapped in the physical elements. We, we go from physical to metaphysical, as you said, but we can also believe ourselves right into a disease, right, in, right into, a, a, into a, a crisis like we've been going through for, for the last three years. So I think, you know, I think kids really need more education on the power of what they believe so they realize what they make live. A, a big part of our conversation today is, is this notion that words cast spells. Yes. And that we can choose our spellings wisely. Yeah. And that we can see words as either being transactional or transcendent. Mm -hmm. And what just unpacked for me in this notion of well, what, what would be a replacer word for believe that would, 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 uh, would let go of some of the, um, the potential digressions or uh, uh, within that dissection. And what came through in this moment is what if we, we would we played with the word and replace believe with beloved? What do you beloved? And it becomes, you know, it, because, because if you're staying in the vibration of love, yeah. there's not going to be the belief that actually creates a wall. No. We can, we can then create bridges of understanding. Yes. And then everything becomes a beloved. Yes. Right? So your story is your beloved. Your home can be your beloved. Your pets, your... Anything can be beloved, and and you know t when things are beloved, they're objects of worship. They're not objects. Yeah. They're yeah. they're they're something that you worship as an expression of the divine, as opposed to being something that you're just going to use and destroy, or think that the world is nothing but dead things, and and trees are not alive. They're just wood. And so once we start treating everything around us as a beloved, then we transcend the materialist perspective into a spiritual perspective where we realize that all things are created from the intelligence and the love of the divine. And I think that's an important place for us to get to because as the further we go into the isolation of disempowering belief systems, the more we try to medicate ourselves with stuff, cars, toys, drugs, social media, and we end up just wrapping ourselves right up in the very cocoon of what we're trying to transcend, which is challenging. Yeah. That's what led to the journey. And I carried a satchel like this around the world as a social experiment. Mm. And I tied thousands of golden threads mm -hmm. on people's wrists to remind them that they are love. And that the gold that that the gold always resides inside. And by and by the way, like I I did bring this for you. So at some point oh, cool. on this journey, I'd love to do what thousands and thousands have received, which is the golden thread blessing around your wrist. Cool. So your left wrist represents inner Feminine. peace. Your right wrist represents inner power. Okay. This is self love. That's manifest destiny. Okay. You want to stay here? Uh, my 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 intuition is it needs to be on my left side. Perfect. Uh, keep it loose for me though, because my muscles swell up when I exercise. Is this something you leave on all the time, or can you shower with it? You can do everything with it, and and when it when it falls off, whatever you were holding in that moment releases as golden. Oh, so cool. grab this side. 
Okay. So this is a blessing from you, for you, to you, as you, through you. So Paul, with all the work that you've done, visualize in your mind's eye with so much pride, that feeling inside of releasing all the past stuck stories you've done, releasing all the past lies in disguise to embrace the feeling of revealing that always allows you to receive love first and foremost from yourself first. Breathe that in, breathe that up. Take another sip, exhale. Now before we seal this, for all the manifest destiny that you're inspiring in the world, visualize in your mind's eye what you're looking to call in, what you're looking to call up, and visualize all those things as the most beautiful mountain to climb. Now you're halfway up the mountain with all the birds and the bees and the trees, and you're breathing liberated and free. But you look up, and it still feels like you have halfway to go. And then you zoom out, and you look back, and you smile the way you're smiling right now. Because you see that you are the mountain. Nothing to do outside of breathe, breathe, liberate, and free. Celebrate all the other mountains in the world. Breathe that in, breathe that up. Take one more sip. Exhale. Open your eyes. Your inner gold is always real. Awesome. That's the blessing that led as a simple golden thread experiment. That's great. That led to saying, what if we could actually wear that feeling? Mm -hmm. And to wear that feeling was what led me on a material journey. My next question is, it's very evident at the present there are many people in the world who are unconscious of the story they're telling themselves and are dangerously susceptible to being manipulated by stories being told by big influences and influencers that are unhealthy and dangerous to people on the planet. Could you share some suggestions as a skilled storyteller regarding how anybody can evaluate and update their own story or myth so that they are more empowered and can inspire others to do the same? There's no better place to start as to examine your beliefs. Yeah. With love and appreciation and openness and generosity and genuineness, allow yourselves to obliterate something that you held that you've been holding and you know there's a very powerful um channel in my life as a friend and a, and a, and a gifter her name is biet simkin and she's a meditation guru that drops f-bombs and she sees the world <laughs> through the beautiful lens and and she described something to me visually that if you want to close your eyes, listeners, and to receive this, truly receive this, is that there's there's this, if we're crustaceans, you know, we've had this shell around our bodies that's protected us mm-hmm. in our mind's eye. It 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 nurtured us. It it was our home. It was our um, it was our identity. And as we continue to grow, we press up against the shell. Maybe that shell's not so comfortable anymore, but we hold on to it because it's that thing that we need, that we, it's our de- identity, and also we think that we need to protect us. And to realize that we can no longer press up against the shell, we can obliterate it. 
mm-hmm. and fractalize it mm-hmm. into a universal number of particles and to realize that maybe we don't even need to grow a new shell. Maybe we can grow wings. Mm. And so it's, it, is the, it is the butterfly effect and to see that we can regenerate ourselves, which is another big theme of what we're going to talk about. And when I talk about regeneration, it means that we come back into a remembrance of who we are, yes, our inner nature, our inner gold, that we can release those stuck stories that are truly lies in disguise, that we can reveal something that is new and that within us is our, what, what is true. And then within that, we can restore and that we can regenerate. So I would say that the mythos that we can do is we can say, what is the fractalization of that shell no more? What is the visual in our mind's eye of what does it mean to fly? Mm-hmm. And, and to allow ourselves to see ourselves as transcendent. Yes. And that we are no longer what was, you know, as Ram Das, excuse me, as um, Deepak Chopra famously said, you know, what happened um, five years ago and even five seconds ago as a dream. What is our now reality? Yeah. And, um, and within that, I will quote Ram Das as well, because Ram Das said, come back to your center, mm-hmm. and then you can move in any direction. Yes. So understanding what your center is, is your constitution, is your inner nature, is your inner gold. And that will always evolve, and yet it's already within our soul. It's our birthright. Yes. So I would say that, that uh, within there is a beautiful place to start. And it starts with like, it starts with a place that this doesn't need to be heavy. This can be, this can, we can go deep without being, and, and keep it light. When I'm working with people that are clearly stuck in their inner story, I encourage them that whenever they're in a situation where they're finding themselves judging themselves, judging others, or rejecting other ideas, be it religions other than their own, or beliefs other than their own, I I say, just pause for a minute and ask yourself, how is that working for me? How's it working for me to to believe this? Or how's it working for me to believe that my parents didn't love me and that's why I don't have what others have? Or how is it working for you to believe that you'll never be as successful as other people? And when you realize that that be live is creating a cage, then transform it you know reach into your center and say look i'm i was created by the whole universe took the whole universe to create me so i have the power and the intelligence of the universe within me so let's recreate the story that is more soul oriented and less uh, socially oriented the first page is something that will be birthed at some point in the not too distant future that i wrote was that we are when did we realize that we are prisoners of our own mind and we were the warden holding the key to an unlocked door that was never locked in the first place? Yes, yes. It's a really beautiful concept. Concepts become concrete when you experience them as opposed to you just read them and you kind of, you know, there's a thing that means a lot to me, which is knowledge is what we receive and what we hoard and wisdom is what we experience and what we share. That's true. You have to test knowledge or it can't be wisdom. You know, we talked briefly about my mother, but my mother was an incredible inspiration along this journey in many ways. Um, And one of the most powerful was the last seven years of her life before she 
transitioned two years ago, um, uh, just when the pandemic was becoming a thing, you know. And um, my mother had a seven-year Alzheimer's journey. Oh wow! And and it was harder for us than it was for her, because what I came to realize after I was able to let go of my own stuck story on it was the notion that everything can be a twisted gift Mm -hmm. and we can see it through the lens. And what transpired was this notion of releasing, watching those, those stuck stories just decalcify within her as she ceased to remember. Yes. And what she was able to be was present Mm. In 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 this in this moment, now present in this moment, you know my 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 cousin Debbie was this a studier of the brain, neuro um, uh, neuro explorer, and she and you may be able to even provide some more granular understanding, but as I understood it from her, that any emotion that we feel in our bodies only actually lasts for about nine, twenty seconds. Twenty, she said ninety, but twenty exactly. For, for for seconds. Twenty to sixty, some say sixty. There's various beliefs and studies out there. And and I will tell you from my um my own private dark nights of the soul, some of those things that lasted for twenty seconds lasted for thirty years. Yes. As I replayed them. That's the and, unconscious recreation of the story. And I created a story and then I attached meaning to that story. And it it literally continued to pick at that same wound for thirty plus years and that's what led to the dis-ease so this notion around realizing that we can that we can see everything as a blessing that we can move on it wasn't about us it wasn't about it's it's and to see it is just this op- this opportunity and to come back into the coherence look brief history of the world we're all born golden mm-hmm. and then life tells us differently yeah and yet the gold that always resides inside we can come back to that and that's that is the most beautiful gift that we can give ourselves because then it permeates out like a concentric circle of a tree. Absolutely. I agree hundred percent. Hi everybody. I hope you're enjoying the show. You know, people worldwide are not only finding it hard to find organic and free range regeneratively farmed animal foods, but as you surely know, it's almost impossible to find anything worth eating in stores, airports, gas stations, or even in the stores that should have real food. Additionally, most children are sent to school to eat microwave processed, chemically raised, and chemically laden garbage from school cafeterias or out of their lunchbox simply because most parents just aren't aware of the dangers of commercial food. But the truth is, there are no shortcuts to health and wellness. Unless, of course, you let Paleo Valley do the work for you. Autumn Smith, founder of Paleo Valley, is not only a mother who understands the importance of feeding children wholesome, clean foods, but is a holistic nutritionist who pours her soul into all Paleo Valley products. And Paleo Valley's meat sticks are made from regeneratively farmed animals that are raised with the highest possible standards of care. Paleo Valley's meat sticks are also fermented, which significantly enhances the nutritional quality and flavor of them. My family and I love them and carry them everywhere we go, be it during rides in the car, outings, ski trips, or we put them in the kids' lunchbox and they love them. In fact, many people I know resort to them as a meal when time is tight on the road or traveling by air. I know of no better portable food or snack food anyone can eat without losing quality or satisfaction, 
and we love sharing them with our guests and students at our Rainbow Workshops. Paleo Valley's meat sticks come in beef, turkey, and pork maple bacon flavor. To get your meat sticks, go to P-A-L-E-O-V-A-L-L-E-Y.com. That's paleovalley.com. To save 15% on your purchase, use the code capital C, capital H, capital E, capital K, 15. That's check 15 at checkout. And while you're there, check out Paleo Valley's other excellent foods and whole food supplement offerings, and your body and your family will love you for it. Enjoy Paleo Valley. I know I sure do. Jeff, I'd love it if you could tell us about your original vision to wrap the world in one golden thread. I think that was a great story when you told it to me. It was a place of necessity because I came to realize that there are others who are also experiencing what I was that they forgot. Yes. That they were golden inside. And so um, it was coming from such a place of if not now, then when, and if not us, then who. Right. And That's a deep reality on a lot of levels. So I push past every last resistance to fear. And I just did a social experiment. I got a bag. The thousands of goldens of threads that I tied off the ends and each one was sacredly blessed. And I went around the world starting in Berlin where I was invited into an incredible art opening by the um, word artist Olivia Steele. And she was doing an art exhibition. She's the one that does neon signs in nature with messages of positivity that plant seeds of understanding. And she was doing an exhibit called Faux Real. What is faux? What is real? Mm. And she'd heard the Humanifesto, and we'd met just the week before. And she said, would you like to come to Berlin and share your spoken word? Oh, great. And to go around the world. And, and that's what Trent, what ignited me on this path, and it started in Berlin. So One Golden Thread was birthed in Berlin in terms of the first expression mm. of the, the notion that we are all connected by the gold that resides inside us. And the thing that, I think is most powerful for your listeners to receive on that journey was just as I tied the golden thread on you after the thread was tied on, I asked them to put their hand over their heart that had the golden thread. And I asked the exact same three questions of every single person. The first question, which I will ask you, the most remarkable thing happened, which is the thousands and thousands and thousands who were asked that question, every single human being answered that question unique to themselves like a fingerprint. Yes. So I'll ask you if you'd like to put your hand over your heart that had the golden thread. Paul, what does it mean to you to live life golden? To be honest with myself. I can't be honest with anyone else if I can't be honest with myself. That's why I have two wives. <laughs> That's why I do what I do for a living. Second question. What is a self-love tip that you've discovered along your journey to tap back to that when we forget? Don't let other people's opinions change your true nature. Opinions are like assholes. Everyone's got one, and most of them don't smell very good. So the best thing to do is make sure you're at peace with your own smell. 
third question, the golden thread on your wrist, what does that represent to you? I think for me it represents the reminder that even though I work really hard and I have all the challenges of, you know, generating enough money to keep the family safe and to get the property to be sustainable and and to make my contribution to the world that it's the best gift that I can give everybody to do the work of love. You know, it reminds me that there is the real work of love and in, the only other work there is is the work of not love and not love is also the work of dishonesty and deviation from your own truth. So I think for me, the, the golden thread is live true to myself because that's all I have to give. And if I can't give that, then I have to give illusions and I don't, I don't sleep well if I give anyone an illusion. So I think for me, the, the golden thread is a reminder to, to, to be, as Gandhi said, be the change and, um, and to be passionately committed to the work of expressing your love in a way that nurtures you through the natural trials and tribulations of life. They're, they're there for all of us, so you might as well draw energy from your heart because that's an infinite well, but the ego is a, is a very, um, it's, it's, a, it's a finite bank account that can't exist without the heart. An ego without a heart is a death sentence. So the, I think the, if there was a place I could put the golden thread in my body, it would be right from my brain to my heart because only the heart can deliver justice to the mind. And that's why what this started with was the dream that I had of creating an article of clothing that would have a golden thread weaving through it. And it started with something that would encase the heart on the front and the back. And I was designing this thing that reimagined the T-shirt into a tree shirt with mm. a design that, that, uh, that was in my mind's eye. And, you know, it's, a, it's such a beautiful thing to remember that there are only acts of love and cries for love. Yes. Both are only fed by more love. Yeah. So it was um it was a beautiful blessing, you know, as as Gandhi said, yes, you know, um he expressed that and that we can also um we can eat the change we wish we wish to see, we can think the change we wish to see, and we can also wear the change we see to be. Yeah. Absolutely. I really agree with that. And that's you know, one thing that was exciting for me was seeing how incredible your clothing was but what took it to a whole new level was when i met you and got a chance to investigate your mission vision and values and realized that the clothing wasn't really the clothing wasn't really the product it was the symbol of the way of living you know this by definition a symbol always transcends itself to something greater and so now that i understand what the clothing represents when I wear them, just like the golden thread. It's for me, it's a reminder that I'm wearing the clothing because I'm supporting the truth of the necessity, necess the necessity of reciprocity. We, we, you know, 
our tendency as human beings is to extract and extract and extract and extract without realizing that there is a life cycle that has to be supported. And we're on the very dangerous precipice of having extracted, uh, you know, at the current rate, research says, I think it's 4.79 times, we're extracting 4.79 times the rate at what the earth can regenerate, which you don't need to even have much more than first grade math to know that that leads to a very serious dead end. So, you know, my podcast is always about supporting everyone and every company that is conscious of the relationship between extraction and return, extraction and return. So I think for me, as as Paul Check, what's important about the clothing is it's my reminder that this came from a living tree and that I'm wearing the clothes not just to keep myself warm or to look good or to feel good, but to remind myself, don't take more than I'm giving back. Or I'm not representing what the clothing stands for and I'm not seeing the gold in the thread. I'm only thinking of my own selfish needs. And I don't want to... It's important for me, you know, I've done as you know, a lot of very deep shamanic journeys, and I've been through the death experience many times. And I can tell you that what's very, very important in a medicine, in a plant medicine journey that's that deep is you have to be ready to come face to face with yourself. You've got to re- be ready to look into the divine mirror. And the only way you can see God is to look through yourself. And when you look through yourself, and you see that which isn't love, you realize that in order to really truly see, feel, know, and experience God, you have to take responsibility for healing the parts of yourself that don't represent your highest truth, which is love. And so the medicines will take you right to where your work is to become who and what you really are. And so, you know, ayahuasca is the vine of death for example it's taking you into a death experience so you can die before you die and for me it's just important every day personally i want a long rest after this i don't want to have to reincarnate to pick up where i copped out on living the truth of myself so i think all of us have an opportunity every day to look at what we're be-living and ask, is this really an expression of my love? And is, is this who I want to come face-to-face with when I die? And can I find the truth of myself in this belief and in this behavior? And if the answer is no, which we have to be honest about, then we have the great opportunity of not only asking how can I invest this energy into something that's more oriented around love and if repeated by others would make the world a better place and if I am having a hard time doing that then how do I find the love that I need to help me have the courage and the strength to go deeper into myself so that I can ultimately do what seems so scary or so challenging to do that's my long short answer well what we're all here to do is to raise the consciousness um, 
that comes from connection and love. And uh, you spoke about humanity, you know, extra the extraction um, quotient of what is the the frog in the boiling pot. Mm-hmm. It's a, a metaphor Yogananda used to use. The frog happily, joyfully gets in the warm water and it's just is lovingly swimming around with all the abundance within and seemingly understanding that this is all beautiful and it's getting warmer and warmer and warmer until all of a sudden the pot is boiling and the frog boils and it never even saw it coming because it was simply mired in its own ego of the perce- of the perception of abundance and you know it's we can look um yes we can and we shall look within ourselves and yet we can also have the shared awareness of what's happening around us and it's important to look at industry it's important to look at is business extracting or is business looking at it through the lens of, of a collective force for social good yes are we looking at um extractive economies are we looking at circular economies which is about this notion around sustainability which we're going to unpack because it's a very powerful thing to unpack that we have a language problem and therefore we have a, an ecos problem we have a ethos problem and we also have a mythos problem around the notion around sustainability which we'll talk about or are we looking at it through an infinite life cycle which is an infinite love cycle mm-hmm. where it's like we can we can be an innovation with nature to connect our inner nature and then we can have models of regeneration with nature. And therefore, it becomes an infinite loop, not a circular loop. Right. That's what we believe. Yes. And that's what so many that are waking up to this new world, this now world reality, mm-hmm. is that we can look at business as this thing which is no longer extracting. It's in concert with. It's no longer in balance with nature. It's in harmony with nature. These are These are important things to think about because... You know, work-life balance is bullshit. You know, let's just look at it being in harmony, where where it's no longer am I am I teetering or am I tottering? No, it's just it's it's life. It's no longer Keanu Scotti, you know, which is that beautiful Indian word for life out of balance. Which, by the way, if you haven't seen that documentary, if anybody's listening, you should, everybody should go home and watch that documentary done in the eighties. One of the most magical. What's it called? Keanu Scotti. There was no words. It was all images, and and music. Mm. Um, for about an hour. It feels like it was an East Forest, but it wasn't just about nature. It was all about the cacophony of the chaos within the culture of of, of, of urban. Yeah. So the beauty of seeing that no longer life is out of balance, life is in harmony, we can go back to the most natural state, which is that coherence with nature. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, that certainly was a you know, was was a vision um, that that uh, was a manifestation that just naturally occurred by simply me following the thread, mm-hmm. and what led to first the fabric, then a design concept with the golden thread that weaves within it. This concept of we can own less things to love more, the aspect around for life over seasons and all the things around owning things that just become part of your journey of life, and that it also becomes ceremony grade clothing, like somebody you know, recently shared with me, like this, these are the clothing that you repel your other clothes and you come into ceremony because we can wear it as a prayer. Mm, yeah, beautiful. You know, I wanted to share uh, another version of the frog story because as you told it, I realized it was a different one. I'd heard that one over the years myself, but the one Yogananda tells really is more appropriate 
for those people that are finding life challenging right now, or whenever we find life challenging, which relates to what I said in, in our ceremony where you tied the thread for me, but Yogananda tells the story, and I'm paraphrasing because I was a kid when I learned it, but he tells the story about two frogs that jumped into a bucket of milk. And one of the frogs was a bigger frog, probably the brother or the father, I can't remember, but they were trapped in this bucket of milk and they couldn't, there's no place to rest, right? There's the walls of the bucket are too steep. You can't get a rest. And after they'd been in the bucket for many hours, the little frog started to really have a hard time swimming. It was running out of energy and it started to sink. And the bigger frog said, it's okay, keep up, keep up. Take a little short break, but just keep up. Keep your legs moving, keep your arms moving. You'll be okay, you'll be okay. And this kept going on for hours and hours. The little frog would start getting so tired it couldn't even keep its head above water, so it would sink down under the water, and then all of a sudden it would pop up, and it was just getting to the point where it was almost going to drown, and the bigger frog kept inspiring it and saying, hang in there, hang in there. It'll work out. It'll work out. I know it's going to work out. Somehow it's going to work out. And the little frog kept swimming and trying, and it was getting to the point where it could barely, barely, barely even swim between the breaks because it was so tired that it didn't have enough energy to come back up to the surface. And, and the big frog kept inspiring it. And finally, the little frog just had nothing left, and it gave up. But it didn't sink. And all of a sudden, there was something under its feet. And it looked at the big frog and it said, I'm not sinking. And the big frog said, neither am I. And they didn't realize that they had turned the milk into butter and they were standing now on a big ball of butter where they could wait for someone to come empty the bucket. So the moral of the story is, if we just keep swimming and have hope, We'll turn that milk into butter and there'll be something to stand on. <laughs> I love fables. Yeah. You know, fables, you know, when, when an animal's involved just gives us that, the depth of the opportunity to be a witness because yeah. it's no longer about humans. Mm -hmm. And yet, I, I will, this, this feels to me to be a, um, a human oriented fable, um, which is this notion around, um, which is just a true, true, true story. How do the big wave surfers survive the biggest spills underneath the water? Well, since I work with Laird Hamilton, I can tell you they have to hold their breath until they come up. And we, we have the capacity under the water to hold our breath, which which is like that fight or flight, don't go into that parasympathetic, like, you know, but there's something else which is so powerful, which is in my mind's eye, you know, when I've when I've just uh body surfed and been under a big chun underneath the water you see the light and you swim like hell to the light yes that is incorrect mm -hmm. you you fail jeff <laughs> well you got i know is, one thing you can do you just let go and you'll float to the top thank you if you if you fight it you'll swim in the wrong direction or if you fight it you're actually wasting energy yeah if you surrender to the underground current mm -hmm. the under excuse me the underwater current and and let your body be like you're in a watts, watsu watsu massage, watsu massage, massage and completely let yourself go. Mm -hmm. The natural current under the water will gracefully, beautifully bring you to the light. Yeah.
Hi, everybody. I'm super excited to share Bioptimizer's new excellent sleep support product called Sleep Breakthrough. I've used it and my kids use it and it's really good. It helps me sleep. It tastes great. And since it's a new product, I've got Matt here from Bioptimizers, who's one of the co-creators of the product, to give us some more information on how and why it works so well. So Matt, how does it work so well? Yeah, first of all, Sleep Breakthrough is a drink. You mix it about an hour before your target bedtime. You're going to feel your nervous system and your brain calm down. Your sleep latency will drop. Your desire to fall asleep will improve. Your REM's going to improve. Your heart rate will slow down and you're going to wake up feeling awesome. The way it works is we're targeting five different pathways. The first one is we want to optimize your natural melatonin production. We do that by giving your body the building blocks that it needs. The first one is magnesium bisglycinate. It's been shown to naturally increase melatonin levels. Then we add cofactors like P5P, which is a bioactive form of vitamin B6. Second, we have four different sleep minerals that will all improve the quality of your night's sleep. First is potassium, helps quiet down neurons. Second, calcium, which improves REM and also helps transform tryptophan into serotonin, which is a building block for melatonin. Third is zinc, which is really important for the metabolism of melatonin, again, it's a cofactor. And it also calms down the nervous system. And then last, again, is the magnesium bisglycinate. The third pathway is GABA, which is the molecule of chill. When they looked at insomniacs, they found that insomniacs were about 30% lower in GABA than people without sleep disorders. We tested pretty much every GABA on the market. We found that pharma GABA was the most powerful. The fourth pathway is we're targeting the brain. We're targeting brain waves. There's two molecules we can use to increase alpha brain waves and decrease beta brain waves, which is when people are struggling to fall asleep, the monkey brain's active, the hamster wheel's going, is because they have too many beta brain waves going. L-theanine and pharma GABA increase alpha brain waves. And the last thing is glycine. Using three grams of glycine, which helps lower body temperature, it promotes faster sleep onset, extends REM. And my favorite part about it is if there's a night where you don't get enough sleep, you'll actually wake up feeling better and more refreshed the next day. That's awesome. Sounds like you did a lot of research to put a real beautiful combination of synergistic supplements and ingredients together to really help people sleep. I know it works very well. And I know one of the things that's lovely is my kids love it because it tastes great. Mm -hmm. And we all need more sleep, especially in the buzz of the world today. To get your sleep breakthrough now, go to sleepbreakthrough.com forward slash living number four D. That's sleepbreakthrough.com forward slash living four D. To get your discount, use the code Paul, that's capital P, little A, little U, little L, 10 for 10% off. Go to sleepbreakthrough.com forward slash living four letter D. Paul 10 for 10% off. Enjoy sleep breakthrough and a beautiful night's sleep. In our conversations, it became clear that One Golden Thread did not start as a clothing company. So I'd love it if you could tell us how did it start? We were on that journey, going around the world, tying golden threads on people's wrists, thousands and thousands. And the stories became the fingerprints as you're... Your expression of what does it mean to live life golden was unique to everyone else's. And I realized that each person has this unique fingerprint. And as beautiful as it was to go around the world and to um, and to just tie golden threads on people's wrists, I wanted to elementalize that feeling. 
And what came through was me was this. It started before again before there was clothing. Was this notion of there was a number that had been following me around for ten years? It just kept showing up in the most magical of places, and it was the number one hundred eight. Mm-hmm. Sacred number. And this was bef- this was very early in my journey before I knew about the hundred eight mala beads and you know and and, and the hundred eight sacred sites and mm-hmm. in India and et cetera et cetera. And and I, it just kept showing up. You know, welcome, Jeff, to your special sacred retreat. Here's your key. Room number was 108. You know, it oh, just, yeah, it kept, and it just yeah. kept showing up. And then I, this thing came into coherence, you know, in the what, late 2008 or whatever, 2006, this thing called um, Google. And I Googled 108, and this Wikipedia just exploded, you know, which is the 108, which became. Um, very clear to me that 108 is this truly this magical, this sacred number, which represents the interconnectedness of all things and beings in the universe. You know, for there's 108 moons end on end and end to get back to Earth. There's 108 pressure points in your body. There's 108 stitches in a baseball. <laughs> so, so there's something in terms of almost a Fibonacci sequencing of a back to the C2. Yeah. 108 is the C2. It becomes this benevolent bridge of the interconnect. And after one golden thread, I wanted to elementalize it. I woke up one night and I said to myself, wow, Jeff, you have been searching for the eight, the last number in 108. You've been seeking change the world movements to feel whole. And yet you come home and you feel this sense of a loneliness. You've been seeking the O, the unity of community. Mm-hmm. And yet you'd come home, you'd feel disconnected. Mm. Um and I came to realize that none of those things matter unless you start with yourself first. Yep. Source, yourself, whatever you have. Yeah. And so 108, because I like to take things apart and put back together. And that's what led to when I said 108 is the representation of the interconnectedness of the goal that resides inside us. Mm-hmm. And so we want to create an icon to create a symbol. And um, and this was... is is truly just a representation of my DNA before there was really a thought around, well, this would become the symbol for one golden thread. This was really the symbol that was expressed through me. And this is what became what you're wearing around your neck, yes, which is the 108. Beautiful. And if you spin it and you, and, you t- and you never let go of yourself, the one, you'll see that as you spin it, it becomes two hearts mm-hmm. connected. Yeah. And then if you turn it on its side, it becomes the butterfly. So this was what started on the journey of saying, can we can we wear things? Can we anoint ourselves um, to wear things on our on our bodies that bring us back into remembrance? But I've always wanted, for me, I've always dreamed and uh, to push past my resistance of fear and to design something that was in my mind's eye and I and started by designing for me the world's perfect tea. And it started by saying, I want to, I want this to be breathable, soft, durable fabrics that were sustainable, not understanding what that meant, by the way, at that moment. And so I started feeling fabrics. I felt hundreds and hundreds of fabrics from individual who's finding me special fabrics in, uh, around the world. And I was born um, with my mother's sense of touch. Mm-hmm. If my mother would have put her hand on your shoulder, you, know, you would have said, like, wow, I feel... I just feel touched, truly touched by, um, uh, it brings me deeper into myself. And so as I felt fabrics, I would close my eyes and 
no, 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 out of integrity, no, no, this doesn't, this feels synthetic, even if it wasn't, if it wasn't synthetic, it still just didn't feel right until I felt this. Mm. Yeah. And when I felt this, I said, what is that? They said, oh, well, that's, that's beech tree fiber. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and, and I said, well, beech fabric is made of trees. And they said, yeah, many, th- many fabrics are made of trees. And yet this is very special. This comes from a source manufacturer in Austria that is doing some very special things. And so I reached out to them and I started a discourse with them. And I said, I want to come out because I'm building something with integrity and character. I want to come out and see the way you harvest the trees. Yeah. To understand the process with which you do it. And and there they looked at me like, who are you? And we're not Disneyland kind of. I mean, that was kind of the, the, the very nice way of nice note back. And yet I was very persistent. And they finally... They looked at the website, and back then, you know, what, what we were really speaking to was that we're all about connecting to your inner nature. Mm-hmm. Well, their 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 message to the world, their tagline was innovation with nature. Great. And so they said, look, there's something within what you're doing that really speaks to our heart. We're going to invite you out with 40 other um, of our top customers from from Europe. And so I went out to Lensing, Austria. And I came into coherence of understanding what integrity looks like in the in the in the supply chain of really understanding the depth of source. Mm-hmm. And um, what spoke to me was three things. One was that they were guaranteeing that that our fabric that we would we would ultimately be creating within would only be made with um, regenerative trees, trees that regrow on their own. Uh, number two was that it takes a tremendous amount of of energy to turn wood pulp into this fluffy substance into this thing that feels like spider silk and yes it's it's fully nature super nature Mm -hmm. and yet they're using 85 percent renewable energy that's impressive there's a lot of chemicals that are required to turn wood into fibers and then um and and we were honored to realize that they were aligned to our ethos and, and, and integrity because they actually invested in a water desalinization plant mm. where they're returning the waters that are used in with the chemicals, stripping those chemicals out and returning it to the f- rivers as fish safe. That's amazing. So that became our fiber. And then the fabric, we, um, I, I felt this other fabric along that journey. And, and the source said, oh, well, that's the most expensive, high-grade, long-staple cotton from California family-owned farms. Mm. And so I said, well, I want to basically take those two things and I want to knit them together. Is that and right? So, so found, is that what this is? Yes. Oh, so this is a that. mix of beech tree fiber and the top 1% of ethical long-staple cotton. And that's why when you put your hands together, it has incredible softness. And yet, if you pull together with your thumbs, you're a strong guy. Yeah, I know you can't pull it apart. I tried. You see the fiber. You see the mycelium. You see that you feel that it's a mycelium network. So that became our fabric. And then I said, well, what would happen if you took that? Because you're feeling that it feels like second skin. What would happen if you turned it into something that was was a looser weave and it was a thicker weave and it became 
this fleece-like fabric, yeah. which is the the, the, zip ho- the zip hoodie that you're wearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it becomes this thing that has this, is it is it something that feels like a second skin or is it something that feels like nature's cashmere? Mm-hmm. So it becomes this thing that becomes a part of you. Mm-hmm. And that's what we started with, with it, the, the ethics materially, and that's where the elemental nature of one golden thread began. began. But then it just became in my design eye, which is like, well, how can we play with our food? How can we do this differently? Why would we maybe have the, the shirts be longer to elongate the human form, to stand like kings, arm-hugging sleeves that are longer in nature, that hug the bicep, raw edges just like life, a golden thread that weaves through it as a metaphor for our understanding, a little flip tag on the side that gives you a little reminder that you are golden. So there's the if the clothes have codes, there's a beautiful message within all of it that is about, you know, I don't believe in ecosystems anymore, Paul, unless it's wrapped in an ethos system. Well, there you go. I mean, in nature, of course, the ethos isn't uh, what humans would have. It's it's the way of life. But that's what we're trying to get back to is the way of life, the way of living, not just consuming. Yeah, I mean, you can say there's nothing new here outside of a return to the most natural thing in the world, which is nature herself. Well, the thing that's new is that you've become a voice for Mother Nature to bring the gifts of nature to us in a way that we can engage nature. I mean, there's a lot of people that never ever get into nature because they're trapped in cities and living uh, on concrete and never put their feet on the ground, but now they can actually wear nature and be connected to nature and be connected to life force energy. And the most important thing within that love force energy is this, is that nature is not that thing out there. It's we are not apart from nature, that we are a part of nature. Yes. And the moment that we see ourselves a part of nature, it all obliterates. Remember what I shared with you about that? For me, that, that seminal, you know, crucible moment where all of a sudden I saw that I was a part of it all in mm-hmm. the universe. Yes. That I was with the stars, I was with the trees, I can actually wear the trees and I could be part of it. And to realize that it's not about extraction, you know, regeneration is the pivot party for all. Mm-hmm. Because it's a powerful thing to say, what can we do to give back more than it takes to create? Yes. What can we do to give back more than it takes to create? So for us, from one beech tree, we can make 108 at least of these trees. And for every one of these, we plant a tree. That's fantastic. So the impact is 1 to 108x. We can all do this. We can all say, what are we doing? To your point about you know the study that showed that we're extracting it 4x. I believe the mm-hmm. numbers probably, you know, could be exponentially higher than that. The yeah. point is, is that that's why sustainability is not the model. We need to obliterate that word because it's a language problem. It creates greenwashing on this planet. Mm-hmm. Because if all we're doing is sustainability, which truly, if you really want to distill it, is just maintainability, maintainability is not going to get us out of the mess that we've created. Yeah, you got to go, you, you can't just create a break even. You got to, you got to, Put more in the in the investment bank than you're taking out. And what if we can simply? This doesn't need to be hard. Mm-mm. It doesn't. It's not necessarily easy, but to be done easily. Mm-hmm. When we can say that we can do, we can do right by the world as we're doing right by ourselves by doing nothing more than we're doing what we love. 
Do right by the world by doing right by ourselves by eating what we love. Mm -hmm. Do right by the world by doing right by ourselves by thinking what we believe in love. Yes. You know, and and I I see that and that's that's the the power of what I believe is happening in this 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 version of consciousness where you know there's a consciousness wave that's that's I believe is now infinitely cresting. There was a recent study done by Marigold that said there's been more um, inner work transformation and, and, and consciousness and consumerism disruption in the last three years than it's been in the last three decades. Yeah. And if there's anything that happened for those who chose to, um, however they wanted to, to receive the last three years, is, is being a momentary pause mm-hmm. to basically look inward and to say, what is what? What are the thoughts? What are the words? What are the actions? And maybe that was a blessing that occurred. Well, I think it is for those that are awake enough to use the time for honest introspection. Um, I think it's up to the rest of us that know how to do that to help people not wait for another lockdown or something like that to start introspecting and and being honest with yourself, but to make it part of a daily practice. I agree with that, and I think within that. Um, how do we make that digestible and easily received and 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 ingested as a new muscle memory? Mm-hmm. And um, I'll tell you, you know, I've, I've shared this on a number of podcasts, and I think it would be powerful to to receive your thoughts. I'd love to get a reflection from you on this because I think the most powerful thing that I learned in in how do we do that? I learned when I was four years old from my dog and my dad my dog sam uh you got to visualize him because he had a german shepherd head and a head of a basset hound so he's had this big perky ears and this tiny little body mm-hmm. never realized how funny he looked until after he passed away and i finally had the perspective of the time to look back and say like he was a funny looking dog mm-hmm. but he was, he's my best friend and he had worms and my dad said you know we've got a Give Sam a pill. Jeff, how do you feed a dog a pill? I said, well, oh, my dad's asking me my opinion. This is so cool. And I said, well, we'll, we'll hide it in his food. Mm-hmm. My dad says, no, dogs are smart, and they're also a little cynical, and they're going to f- sense something is in their food, and they're going to take it, and they're going to spit it out. Um, the way you give a dog a pill is you wrap it in something sweet. Mm-hmm. And then the dog will swallow it all day long. Angie gives dogs pills by coating them in peanut butter, and they just take it down. <laughs> That's what we did. We we, <laughs> we we gave Sam, we wrapped in peanut butter. He he swallowed it lovingly, and and so look, it took me fifty years to remember that because the first two years of One Golden Thread, when I launched at age fifty one, I was beating my head against the wall. All I wanted to do was tell you how important it was for you to understand, Paul, that there's eighty billion new articles of clothes made every year. And there's 87% of those will wind up in an incinerator landfill within 18 months. Only 3% of those are sustainable fabrics. And 38% of the microplastics in the ocean come from the clothes we not only wash but also toss. And we're ingesting a credit card of plastic a week. Guess what? Your eyes just glaze over and you're just like, too much. Mm -hmm. And I don't even know what to do with that. It's too big. Yes. But the moment that I came to realize, like, make a better product. Mm -hmm. Make something that somebody loves. That gives them the ability then to say, and yeah, guess what? That extractive, polluting, fast fashion industry 
that's creating the decimation in the oceans and the landfill and treating our soil not as soul. This is the ability. Now it's just like, hey, I'm wearing something where I look and feel as good as I am. I look in the mirror and I feel, I feel great and I look great and I, and I get to realize that I can do good by the by the plan, the process, and talk about planting planting a love forest together. So that's that that was a powerful reminder of what we can do. I love it. I really do. You know, one of the things that I love about you is that you're so spiritually and philosophically grounded. It's it's not just a clothing product. It's it's a symbol for a way of living that I think is really important in the world. And it's nice to know that we can buy clothing and get a beautiful product, but know that we are contributing to the replanting of trees and that we are contributing to the spreading of both a mythos and an ethos that is really a very important mythical transition in the world right now. We, we've got to you know, be open to a myth that brings us, as you say, into harmony with nature. Uh, because nature is what we are, and if if the myth that we're living is destructive to nature, it's self-destructive at every level. You know, Jung. There's two levels of the self in Jungian psychology. The self, with a small s, is the wholeness of the individual. So, having a healthy relationship with yourself, practicing my four doctor model, doing what you love to do, creating happiness for yourself, moving your body to keep it healthy eating for your individual needs and eating high-quality food and putting your money into food that's grown by farmers that are caring for the planet, getting enough rest to contribute each day and taking time for introspection, meditation, and really deepening your relationship with yourself through honest, sacred listening. And so when we're engaging in a clothing line that is a symbol for what we all know we need to give each other and give ourselves, then we are really practicing Tai Chi in its highest form, right? You know, yin can only become yang and yang can only become yin. And the subject can only perceive the object and the object has no meaning without the subject. Yet the subject is what creates the object, and the object has the subject buried within it. So if we see she and he as separate, then we've lost the meaning of the Tao. We've lost the meaning of the force of life and the, and the creativity of love. And I think that for all of us to, to be aware that there is, I mean, not only one golden thread, but any company, for example, all all the sponsors of my podcast have a similar mission, vision, and values that you do, which is why Kyle got a hold of me and said, you really need to try these clothes out and meet Jeff because he's he's totally in line with your values. And it's sadly, it's hard for me to find. I've been looking for years for a clothing company that I could get behind. I really have. My wife and, and, and both my wives can guarantee you that. And um. I think for me, what was as exciting as the clothing is is realizing you, realizing what you're really doing and, and how important it is. And I think, you know, 
each of us has the capacity to, to open ourselves to an important aspect of the new myth. A new myth isn't coming by way of intellectual thought. A new myth can only come by way of the heart and being open to something that can be so radically different than what we're doing that it might be hard for people to digest, just like the Christians killed Jesus because he brought such a radical new myth that we're still trying to apply it, right? We're still trying to figure how do we live like Jesus. And I think that if each of us participates and opens our heart, then we become that myth. We don't have to wait for someone else to tell it to us as an idea, because then the mind just tries to justify why it's not right. But when we become the myth by focusing on living, loving, and being honest with ourselves and investing money in companies that share those values that are earth conscious and life conscious, then the myth is already home. Hello everybody, I'm sure you're all aware of the importance of heart health and the challenges that people are having with their hearts worldwide due to what's been going on in the world in the last three years. Well, Symbiotica's brand new product, heart health, may be just the solution we need. Heart health is something that we all need and may be one of the most important supplements that anyone that's been vaccinated in the past three years can take. Heart health improves cardiovascular health, balances cholesterol levels over time, supports circulation, and healthy aging. Symbiotica's heart health also aids the digestive system, improves liver function, and reduces risk of heart attack. Symbiotica's new heart health formula is enhanced with CoQ10, a powerful antioxidant that may reduce the negative effects of oxidative stress. If you want to support your heart now, Symbiotica's heart health is a great idea. To get your heart health, go to bit.ly, that's bit.ly, forward slash C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A-L-4-D. That's bit.ly, L-Y, forward slash Symbiotica, L-4-D. It's not case-sensitive. To get your Living 4D discount of 15%, use the promo code capital L, capital 4, capital D, 15 on checkout. Once again, that's bit.ly forward slash Symbiotica L4D. 15% off by using the code capital L, number 4, capital D, 15 on checkout. Enjoy heart health with Symbiotica. The fact that when Francis Bacon reformulated the concept of science, prior to Francis Bacon, science was the pursuit of how to use science to enhance our ability to live with nature. That was called natural science. Then Francis Bacon changed the definition of science to how to control and conquer nature. And I think that that whole mindset has led to scientism, which is now growing into transhumanism, which is really about getting away from the earth as a living being and seeing it as a digital commodity. Um, have you got any comments on how your philosophy or your clothing company uh, helps us through that transition? The, the gift that we can stop looking outside ourselves for the answers and the gift that we can look within yes. and the gift that we can see, as I said, that no, every one of us, the gold that resides inside, 
you know, is the thread that unites. And if we all look at th- through that lens, we can realize that nobody gets left behind. You know, it's been said we're all here to walk each other home. And I think that it's important for us to see that, um, that as my, you know, my father said, like, nature is not that thing to fear, it's that thing to revere, to realize, like, the, that point of connection um, within humanity is to see, like, there is a sense of oneness, but it's no longer that soup version of oneness that we're all just in the same booyah base. It's to see that, like, I really believe in this coherence of everyone by oneness. And that um, we're here as mirrors and reflectors, and that we can um, we can just have a have a simple and gentle, and sometimes maybe it does need to be harsh examination of you know realizing that um, that it's time to it's time to redefine. And I have a um, a deep appreciation for this notion around change. Mm-hmm. It's not. I'm actually a fan of of the notion around change, because change within change. Part of the reason why the masculine is so emasculated by the notion of change is it suggests that I am somehow less than. It suggests that I am coming from a place of shame or blame or, or some pain that I, I, it's hard for me to let go of. That's why I truly believe in this notion, which is part of the mythos of one golden thread, which is we can reveal. Yes, and transformation. I think is. A different concept than changes as you're contextualizing it. Yes, yes. It's the metamorphosis as opposed to the the caterpillar doesn't change into a butterfly; it becomes a butterfly. Yes. It transforms. Yes. So I think I think what we're needing isn't I've got to change this or change that. It's how can I take what I'm doing and put more love into it. Yeah and more heart into it, and more awareness into it, and can I think of seven generations ahead of myself? Yeah. Because that's our future, right? You and I are, I'm in my 60s, you're in your 50s, and I've got three kids, and I'm looking at the world going, I've got to be really conscious of what I'm doing, because what I'm doing right now is, is what my children are learning to emulate, and can that emulation carry them through their own life and will what they do carry their children through their own life and most native cultures thought seven generations ahead and i think it's a different concept to say someone's telling you you got to change this you got to stop driving gas powered cars and use electric cars you got to you, you know whatever the story might be i think i think a lot of those as a side note i think a lot of those things are scams cuz you know i'll give you one example Everyone's driving electric cars, plugging them into a wall that's powered by coal-driven power plants. So all we're doing is playing a stupid game to make car manufacturers rich and support uh, a concept that is just a facade. But if we use our common sense and our rational, rational faculty of discernment and say, what are the things that I can do in my daily life that I'm already doing anyhow? For example, if you're going to eat, why not eat food from a regenerative farm or an organic farm where the soil is being taken care of, and every year the soil's not getting worse, it's getting better. If we're going to buy clothes, why not buy clothes from a company that plants trees and use regenerative power sources and cleans the water before it puts it back into nature so that the fish aren't getting poisoned by it, right? So the, the change, you're still buying the clothes and you're still eating the food, 
The difference is you're doing it with your heart and the thought of how is this purchase and how is feeding myself and caring for myself ultimately a practice that if emulated by the future generations yeah. keeps the playground healthy so that we can all come here and live our dreams together. Yeah. And listen, I'm, I, I'm no guru. Um, I'm not here to teach or preach. I did this for my own personal necessity. That's the way it started. You know, this was me coming back into my own integrity of thoughts, words, and actions. Yeah. You know, where was I out of integrity? And so, you know, it's a powerful thing when you start, um, when you start it to see the 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 universe um, holistically, but it starts from the inside out. Yes. And it's a very unique thing when we each do that and realize that's what I meant by this notion around, I mean, oftentimes change feels like it's the outside world that's pressuring you and you to step into a new, and yet it's a powerful thing to say, like, reveal. No, I'm going to reveal from the inside out. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, what's going to be the things I'm going to do that feel true to me, mm -hmm. what the food I'm going to eat, the thoughts that I think, the mm -hmm. clothes that I wear, and what I choose to, to wake up, you know, as a, as a living practice. And... Um, you know, again, that sometimes the, um, as a dear friend of mine, Ali Bogart says, you know, she's a meditation, a yoga, Nanda, and she talks about like sometimes depth is not always best. We can do things on the surface. Like, look, look, you know, we forget that our skin is our largest organ. It's also, I don't know if you know this, but your skin embryologically emerges from brain from your tissue. Brain. It's your brain. Yes. Your skin is your your brain <laughs> skin is the brain and we 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 membrane we treat it we treat it like a like a second class citizen mm. now it's ironic when you think about like the 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 universal um i mean the cosmic jokes from the universe it's like okay so somebody decided to call clothes clothes but the reality is this clothes are closing off soft from feeling mm -hmm. oftentimes yes and so you know what we're really talking about here today is this notion around Moving from a closed culture to an open culture. Yes. Moving from a fear culture to a love culture. Yes. And this is a beautiful thing that all of a sudden clothes can open us to this now way of thinking, which is like where all the receptors are open to allow ourselves to feel. And that's why, you know, this notion um, which we spoke about earlier, which is, you know, if there's one spirit guide that really guided me um, as, as uh, within the mythos and the ethos of One Golden Thread, it's... Thich Nhat Hanh. Yes, Thich Nhat Hanh. I love Thich Nhat Hanh. And, and I just learned of, of Thich Nhat Hanh within the last six years. Yeah. And yet he came within the order of inner being between 1964 and 1966. I was born in 1965. Mm -hmm. So this coupled with my mother's art with nature and us as one and my father bringing us in nature has been in my DNA and yet I pushed it all away. And so this notion that inner being is is a beautiful part of a mythos because it gives something that's very elemental. And there's 14 precepts, 14 powerful, powerful precepts, mm -hmm. which we can run through if, if that feels a lot. Yeah, if you want to just give give the precept but not the explanation, I think it'll take too long. No, it's just we'll be we'll be quick. I mean, you know, I mean, um, the order of inner being has 14 precepts: openness, non-attachment to views, freedom of thought, awareness of suffering compassionate, healthy living, taking care of anger, dwelling happily in the present moment, the community and communication, truthful and loving speech, protecting and nourishing the sanja, right livelihood, 
reverence for life, generosity, and true love. Yeah, beautiful. Having spent a lot of my life doing various types of meditation and inner work, one of the things that I think anyone finds is that the deeper go you go into yourself, the more you find everyone else there. I don't... When I go deep, the deeper I go into myself, the more I find my family, my friends, the more I find the people of the world, the animals, the trees, the birds, the bees. And when I work through that, I find the solar system and the sun, and then I find the galaxy, then I find the universe, then I find the infinite expanse of all that is. But the reality of it is none of us is truly an individual. We are dreamed into existence by everybody else. A soul is not something that you make up, like you make shoes in a workshop or tools. The soul is the collective consciousness that dreams the Jeff Skult and the Paul Check and, and everybody else into existence to fulfill the mission of love as the deepest expression of connection, as the deepest expression of the mirror of each other, looking into our own eyes to see what it looks like when God manifests as novelty. Um, my, my, somebody that I really have a deep respect for is Mark Gaffney, who's a very deep guy in the Hebrew and Kabbalistic and Jewish conceptions of Eros. And he says, Eros is that which penetrates yet creates novelty. And I think when we penetrate our self with a small S-E-L-F, we run right into the self with a capital S-E-L-F, which I didn't get to earlier, and that is everything that sustains you. We're breathing 25,900 breaths a day. That comes from outside of us. We're drinking water. It comes from outside of us. We're eating food. It comes from outside of us. Everything we learn, be it from mom, dad, friends, family, school, teachers, came from outside of us. So the more we go into the little self, the more we find the bigger self, and ultimately that leads you to self in all caps, which is God itself, source. So I think going in, the paradox is you go into yourself, but you find everybody else, and you realize ultimately that it's all an act of love, every bit of it, and that the challenges of life, the wars, the battles, the World Economic Forum, it's really the work of love. It's really the work of, you have to have what you don't want sometimes to figure out what you do want. You, you know, you have to, you know, drug addicts have to hit bottom before they can find what direction up is. The frog has to keep swimming even when it thinks it's dying to make butter. And I think that, you know, ultimately we're at a time in human history where it doesn't matter if you go in to find the other, or you go out to find the other, in to find yourself, or out to find yourself, when you really truly find yourself, you find the whole. And you realize that what we're doing to ourselves, we're doing to the whole, and what we're doing to the whole, we're doing to ourselves. And that's when you have an opportunity to become an adult spiritually, and say, I choose to live my life in a way that if emulated by others, makes the world a better place for everybody. And I think that's why it's important to buy products that are an expression of our highest act of love, our highest mythos, our highest ethos, 
and our highest expression of morality. And morality is any code of conduct that is life affirmative. And we, we have a choice. We either support life or we don't. And we always have to wear the responsibility of our choices. I define a spiritual person as someone who takes responsibility for what they create moment to moment. I think anything else is just a bunch of new age bullshit. And, and so that, I think, is really the, the practice. What am I creating right now? What am I creating? What am I creating? Yeah. Well, you know, what, 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 comes, what comes through is the, the, that obliteration of duality and, 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 and the power of, the, of, of seeing the concept of, of, of tensegrity, yeah. which is a Buckminster Fuller term that, you know, that is, has, has so much potency within this is to realize that we need to see the dark to understand the light and the shadow and, and what have you. And the tensegrity is the, it is the, is the architectural expression of how a diamond is formed. You need to have something that creates the friction, that creates mm-hmm. the, the 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 energetic um, compulsion. Um, and um, you do, know, do you, excuse me, do you know the saying? How do you make a diamond? I don't. Pressure, pressure, yes. pressure. Yes. That's how you make a diamond. Yeah. Well, nothing defines the mind like a tightly defined deadline. <laughs> oh boy, that I have a well-defined mind. <laughs> <laughs> And the deadline, you know, is is actually seeing um, the true the trueness of the of the pot, you know, the boiling pot and what have you, you know. The the other the other piece of of what you shared that is really potent that comes through, which is this notion that we we ascribe like the goal, like the goal, the the the, the beacon is like love, light, and joy. Mm-hmm. No, it's not the reward. It's the state of being. Yeah, it's the state of just being love, light, and joy. And then we realize, you know, we already are the mountain. Yes. We already are. And then we can simply just live and breathe and it becomes a new muscle memory. Mm-hmm. That's the, that, that to me is like the most powerful, potent thing we can do is it's just, we're just developing a new muscle memory. We don't have to even think about being a problemist. Like, I don't believe in activism. I believe in proactivism. There you go. I don't believe in problemists. I believe in solutionists. Yes. Let's just make a, a, a make the better thing yeah and it gives us the ability to go off and have fun and dance and to and to be in joy and to eat mm-hmm. delicious foods and mm-hmm. and and pick fruit from the trees and make love to life and yeah happiness isn't an outcome it's a process i think a lot of people are always trying to if i just had this much money i'd be happy if i just got this master's degree i'd be happy if i just got this so there's always you know it's it's kind of the the picture i get in my mind there used to be this famous running coach in San Diego that worked with a lot of elite runners that that I was the therapist to, and one multiple times I went to his training, uh, to his uh, workouts for the athletes, and they would be at University of California San Diego at the track, and I remember the first time I came, I saw the funniest thing. <laughs> he had taken like a coat hanger and made this thing that you could put on a hat and it had the coat hanger then stretched out in front of you like a straight rod about two feet and he hung a carrot off the thing, right? And so he had these athletes out running on the track constantly chasing this carrot 
And so, though that's not what he was doing with it, the first thing I thought of is, yes, we're always chasing the carrot, but we can never catch it because it's running as fast as we are, right? We're always reaching for this thing that we just can't reach, right? No, what he was using it for was that he was teaching athletes to be more efficient in their gait. And so the more jerky they were, the more the carrot flew all around. So he was letting them look at the carrot as they run to try to soften their gait and leave less of a footprint, so to speak, so that the carrot didn't bobble around so much. But the concept I'm bringing that up for is because we keep running after the carrot, not realizing we keep pushing it ahead. It's like you're chasing the horizon. You, you can never catch the horizon. And so I think that we need to realize that the happiness is the chasing the carrot, but not getting it. Because as soon as you get it, you just have to create another carrot, and then it's just an endless process. Soften our gate, leave a softer imprint. It's power over force. And it's allowing ourselves to receive with ease. That's, that's, that's a powerful metaphor for business, a powerful le- le- lesson for life. And uh, it's a beautiful way to live, which is just, just and that's, again, all of this can be a smile. Yeah. You know, we, can, we can see the, yeah, that's one thing I definitely have also learned from my father is like seeing, you know, as this is funny, like there's funny things happening all around us, including the things that we can sometimes just decimate us and we can just allow ourselves to see it through a now lens and give ourselves self-permission to shift and pivot. One of the concepts that you wanted to talk about what we haven't touched on yet is biomimicry. You want to talk a little bit about that? It's such a powerful way to say, like, what can we learn from nature as opposed to, and, and realize that, that, that we can mimic nature. And there's elements in here, the way that, the way that we stand and breathe, even like the, the, this notion around um, sovereignty and solidarity. I'll give you a very specific example. The next time you're in, out in nature, listeners, um, go lie on your back and look up at a bank of trees, and you're going to see um, this thing called crown shining. Mm-hmm. Crown shining is when you see trees, and if there's a forest, you would think that they'd become together and they'd become intermingled. Right. And yet there's this dance, almost like a river in the sky mm-hmm. that the trees naturally, there's this notion of like, we are together and yet we are sovereign. Mm-hmm. Within the solidarity, there's sovereignty. There's this dance, there's this explosion of duality. And so biomimicry is just looking at nature and what can we learn about ourselves and see that we are nature. And this notion that we are no longer a part of nature, that we are a part of nature. Mm-hmm. And it's the, sim- it's the simplicity in you know, my mother's art that I even showed you earlier, yes. which is the trees, the limbs, is the hair that we breathe. Is the skin. It all can be, can, can be seen as, as this beautiful nature of the mycelium network. Mm-hmm. And it's just a beautiful way to, uh, biomimicry is a beautiful expression that we can be in the rhythm of nature. And within that harmony, we can see ourselves um, as never alone, and that obliterates the greatest lie, which is the illusion well, of separation. And separation, yeah. And I, the thing too is that biomimicry is such a much more wholesome, holistic, beautiful concept than biohacking. You know, you look at the World Economic Forum, and you hear Klaus Schwab and Yuval Harari talking about you're a hackable animal, God and the soul are outdated concepts that aren't even true, and this kind of language. You see, so there's biohacking writ large but that's just so vacant of the fact that matter cannot organize itself there's always an organizing intelligence 
And so when we're in the concept of biomimicry, we're, we're actually, as I would say it, we're looking at the rest of ourselves and learning from the rest of ourselves. The Native American Indians had tremendous respect for all the creatures and plants of nature because they didn't see them as less than human or separate from human. They saw the frog as having frog intelligence, the beaver as beaver intelligence, the hawk or the eagle has hawk or eagle intelligence, and they knew that each of those beings had a type of intelligence that was unique and offered them a way of relating and a way of hunting or a way of tool making or a way of being that ultimately enhanced their ability to live as part of the community of nature. So I think that biohacking is this concept that takes the humanity and the spirit out of everything and turns it into electrons and objects and robots. But biomimicry is very much Native American and it says, let's not kill the frog, let's not kill the trees because they're our family and they're our teachers. And I think if we can look at what we can be learning from nature and how valuable that is and how important it was for us to get here through evolution, realizing that if we keep destroying our teachers, then we stop learning. And when we stop learning, we stop growing. When we stop growing, we stop living and loving. To me, the first time you tried on the clothes and you, you sent me a text and you said, this is bioharmony. Yes, it is bioharmony. And That's my response to biohacking. I thank see you. people, we, we've got to switch to bioharmony because hacking is destructive. Hacking is also a shortcut. It's a shortcut. There are no shortcuts, are no shortcuts in love. The shortcut in love is not to do the work of growing in relationship and jumping out of the relationship or cheating or, or lying or deceiving. But the real bioharmony comes through the work of love. Harmony comes from that beautiful exhale and inhale. It's yeah. just a new way of breathing, which is that muscle memory we no longer need to think about. It's just being in harmony. That's why, you know, again, language problem, you know, balance, no, mm. harmony. Let's yes. go to that. I mean, if we were, if we were brought on board as the, uh, if we were all brought on board as being the, uh, the recapitulation of nature as being on the marketing team from the universe, let's yeah, let's let's unpack tra- trash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, trash as a word is basically just like throw it, throw it, and forget it. Mm-hmm. And what does it do? Where does it go? And this notion around, you know, maybe it's maybe it's we we reframe it. We call it re-in, re-in, mm-hmm. and it's how is it going to be incorporated? How is it going to mm-hmm. be regenerated? And this notion that it's no longer that thing that we throw away. Now it's this new version, which all the things are in harmony, which is reset it and forget it. Like you don't need to think it, you can just be it. Did you ever happen to listen to or know about a guy named Michael Reynolds and the earth ships that he makes? No. Oh my God, you got to look on YouTube. I think it's called The Junk Warrior, Michael Reynolds. I got a great podcast with him. He takes... Everything people throw away and builds the most amazing homes out of them that are fully sustainable, solar powered. They use water in catchment. They, he puts basically like permaculture style food forests into these things. And they're made out of tires and cans and bottles and, uh, you know, everything that fills landfills. He mm. turns them into beautiful homes. And I'm like, that's, you know, re-inning. That's, this, it's not, uh, 
you know, trash. It's, 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 uh, the transformation of what was once waste and, and destructive to now becoming perf- purposeful, useful, and contributing to life. And I, I really think that uh, Michael Reynolds' um, Earthship concept is phenomenal. The thing is not the thing, it's our relationship to the thing. Totally. Hi, everyone. Please raise your hand if you enjoy having dried out, aged-looking skin wrinkled skin, acne, skin blemishes that make you look unhealthy, or skin that itches from lack of supportive nutrients. No hands? Just what I expected. You know, even though I'm a 60-year-old man, I still want healthy skin because looking good helps me feel good too. Our skin is a living bearer that protects us from the sun, the elements, and a myriad of invasive organisms that try to enter us through our skin. Anyone that understands skin knows that good complexion begins on the inside, and that's exactly why Organifi created Organifi Glow, so you and your family can be healthy, stay young, and feel and look great from the inside out. My family and I love Organifi Glow, and so does our skin. This refreshing blend of organic nutrients not only tastes great, it supports your body's innate collagen production and promotes brighter, radiant skin. Boost your hydration and nourish your skin with 13 clinically studied superfoods. And unlike most companies that claim to be organic, Organifi does use certified organic nutrients and has been the only company that could show me their certifications upon request. Organifi Glow supports and promotes collagen synthesis so you regenerate beautiful skin naturally, supports and promotes hydration, nourishes your skin from the inside out by optimizing skin hydration. Organifi Glow includes Tremella Mushroom, which provides five times the moisture of hyaluronic acid, which is commonly used in skin products to increase moisture. Organifi Glow offers a delicious raspberry lemonade taste, but unlike most plant-based products, is certified to be free of glyphosate, which is extremely important today. It also includes plant-based collagen from bamboo, which is a very rare ingredient because most collagen is animal-based. Not only that, Organifi Glow includes bioavailable vitamin C from Acerola Cherry with all its natural cofactors that support absorption and supports your immune system at the same time. Additionally, it's important to remember that your skin is often a reflection of your gut health. The collagen and prebiotic fiber in Organifi Glow has been shown to improve gut health by repairing the gut lining and feeding healthy bacteria in our microbiome, so not just your skin, but your whole body gets nourished. To get your Organifi Glow and love your skin, go to Organifi.com forward slash check 20. And I'll even make it better. All Living 4D listeners get 20% off when they use the promo code capital C, capital H, capital E, capital K, 20. So your promo code is CHECK20, all in caps. Enjoy Organifi Glow. We love it. I love it. And I know you will too. We're, we're coming to the close here. And, and you read something to me when we met for our video conference together that I thought was so beautiful I asked if you'd read it for us it's it's called an ode to your golden soul aka fuck yes a blessing could you share that for everybody because I, I I think this is a, a moment that you, you want to stop tending to the kids or juggling chainsaws and have a listen to this because this is I think this is really a beautiful way to close out our our 
amazing dialogue today. Well, we all have a golden voice to share. Mm-hmm. We all are the golden gift. And how do we give ourselves permission to let go and to lift? And it starts by giving zero fucks <laughs> about others' opinions of you, which clears the decks for your infinite fucks, <clears throat> your transcendent truth. We are all our own healers because as mirrors, we get to witness each other being our own revealers. No woo-woo, no more gurus, because you are spirit full of our spiritual, because the gold already resides inside you. You say yes to life with no hesitation and reservations to free dive into the unknown, beyond your comfort zone, expectations. It's your choice, and you've chosen to claim your golden voice. It's time we all share our gift with increased ignition. When in doubt, you get out, while embracing the beauty of uncertainty as the magic and the mystery of life's journey. We are more liberated and free together than apart, because each moment is a choice point and you choose to live with an open heart and you keep your eyes on all the blessings because you know residing inside that deepest dark fear cave shines your deepest soul lessons. And most importantly, you will never forget. This is all supposed to be fun. So yes, fuck yes, let's have some. Oh, great spirit. And we can wear... We can wear that. We can be it. We can see it. And we can realize we are it. And for those of you that aren't looking. There you go. That's what we're all about. It's a beautiful wrap. You got to go to um, Jeff's website. What is your website? OneGoldenThread.com. Yeah, check out all of the clothing and the wraps because the wraps are cool. He's got some beautiful wraps for men or women. They're like a large scarf made of this gorgeous material. And I use those whenever I travel on airplanes. I always take a beautiful big scarf with me because they can be great for blankets, temperature control, keeping your head warm. It's a, it's so those are... those are that's All a, the clothes are intended to be elemental. They're all intended to be minimalist mindset and maximal versatility. There's tree pants, there's tree shirts, there's raglans, there's dusters there's tree coats and what's probably by the time this podcast is out we will have launched what we believe is soon to be the world's greatest zip tree hoodie that you are wearing oh that's yeah the prototype paul this is so cool i love this thing man this it's just awesome i mean this i love this because of the versatility of it you know you can wear it in a variety of weather patterns and as you you know the material breathes so it's it's kind of like wool. If it's hot, you're not as hot in it. If it's cold, you're warm in it, you know, and I love that. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Well, we, um, one of the, the, you know, somebody said something recently, we're in the middle of a Series A um, uh, raise right now. It's a very interesting time to be raising 
uh, money to expand, given that banks are closing and mm. this is and that, and we're having a successful raise. And, and what's interesting within this within this process is, you know, we have um, individuals that are looking at us and they're saying, you know, you're all heart, and is that all you are is heart? No, you've built a business that's based solid and foundationally, not just around principles of regeneration, but to be a business that actually will not just sustain, but also thrive. Mm. And one of those metrics that I'm most proud of is that, um, you know, for anybody who even has a baseline understanding of, e- you know, of, 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 of the way commerce works is think about Amazon. How many times do you get something and you should ship it back? Well, it didn't fit, yeah. didn't like the feeling, what have you. Well, in the direct-to-consumer um, online e-commerce fashion world, returns can be as high as 30%. Yes, that's a lot of And so money. what's the what's the money? What's the planes flying back and forth trucks just returning and, and trucks and all the things? Our returns is less than 3%. That's amazing. So somebody gets it and they feel it. And so there's this uh, there's this feeling where where somebody wants is feeling like this new coherence. And I have to tell you one of the most prideful moments is when I have you know men stand up and wear these clothes and they, they, they it's literally like this is see right to me, not see right through me. This right. is e- this is we go over ego. Yes, and so it's a beautiful thing to design, you know, for the sacred. And the sacred can be something that can be, um, it can it, it doesn't need to be sacred quiet. It can be very loud and deliciously proud. Mm. And that's what we're doing is just designing clothes for this conscious collective, and it's an honor. Uh, for those that have been touched by the threads, I would encourage anybody as well. Go when you're on our website, just click for a moment over to thread and click on reviews and just see the way people talk about the way that this is. I mean, you'd think that we couldn't even write this shit because it's people just expressing from their heart, like I've been wearing clothes my entire life that have closed me off, and this is an opportunity to feel open. Mm-hmm. This is an opportunity to feel connected. I've had people take these clothes, you know, take their other clothes into ceremony. Maybe they had the duster off in the corner and they forgot to wear it when. And all of a sudden, they're crawling around, fractalized, taking their other clothes off, and coming back home mm-hmm. with what with what we're we're putting into the world. So it's an honor and a blessing. And you know, maybe if if we if we have another four minutes and forty four seconds, we can close it off with the manifesto because that is actually the full circle way that one golden thread started. If that feels good, yeah, that's fine. Um, the the thing too that I we didn't get a chance to talk about, which I think is phenomenal, is that your clothes have a a definite yin yang quality and and it was neat yesterday because we had one of our buddies here Zach helping us out and you showed him how he could turn the duster inside out and one would keep you more warm and one would cool you down you want to touch on that a little bit cuz i think that's something that most people don't realize that your clothing can offer which makes it a far more versatile type of clothing yeah so we have the 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 jersey which is the thin fabric that feels like second skin we have the fleece fabric that feels like nature's cashmere well it's two-sided there's a fluffy side that's got a looser weave that you can feel and you can mm-hmm. see and then, the and then the other side it has more of a flat weave when you wear the flat weave against your skin it will breathe out like air conditioning ah. almost like of an animal like how's a wolf surviving you in know the in heat, the summertime yeah. while it's breathing out yeah but what does it feel like when the fleece is against your skin? It's a 20-degree temperature swing. Wow. So I designed um, the fleece products to all be reversible. 
Mm. And so you can wear it inside out, which is outside in, which is you choose your adventure. Mm. And so it can we wear it worn in such a way based upon the conditions. Look, I believe in a minimalist mindset. I believe in maximal versatility. Mm. I believe in fashion, not for fashion's sake, but redesign with nature, mother nature in mind and also with the end in mind and yet also with this functional fashion with feeling. Clothes that we can we can literally just be in for the journey of life that gives us the ability to own less things, love more. I love the idea. You know, we were just awarded the world's greatest travel clothes by one of the top travel blogs that just reviews all the products of what's mm. how do you travel through the journey of life. Yeah. And one of the things that they talked about was like you can actually travel with an overhead bag with one golden thread because these are clothes you can dress up, you can dress down, you can yeah. wear on the plane for comfort, you can roll off and go to a Go to a beautiful dinner. You can roll, you can exercise, and yep. you can do all the things. In so own less things you love more, and don't own them for seasons. Own them for life. Yeah, and and that one thing I wanted to remember to mention that you shared with me that because you had me stretch the material to see if I could tear it, and it's just way too strong. But you said something really important that the shelf life of these clothes is very long because even if they get holes in them, they don't actually tear open. So. In other words, usually once you get a hole in clothes, then it's the beginning of the end. But you were describing how the material is actually so strong that if, if you know, like like Angie was saying, Mana wears through, or Penny was saying, Mana will wear through a pair of pant, brand new pants and in a couple of weeks, he'll come back from school with holes all through them. And you were saying, well, these clothes will still hold their integrity. So you can, and look how many people buy jeans with holes in them, right? Yeah, you got to pay extra for that. You got to pay extra. <laughs> so, but, the, but this way you get to customize your yeah, own and, yeah. they, and they won't fall apart. Fast fashion, um, you know, it, uh, age teaches us our clothes are disposable and B is built to deconstruct. The faster it deconstructs, the faster you're going to go back and wear it again. Average clothes are worn seven times and then incinerated or, or thrown away. Wow, that's you. terrible. But what if we what if we actually wear those things that we, we live in and we love in? Mm-hmm. Now, what's interesting, just like the tree, if the tree gets a hole in it, that doesn't mean that it's lost its life. No. It can have a hole and it can still breathe and be and, 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 and stand tall like a tree. Well, we are trees of life. And so... You know, I've had and uh, I, I had somebody come in who's an OG of one golden thread, and he had one of the first tree shirts, and he's he's probably he estimated over the five years he's owned it, he's worn it. He believed he's worn it probably. He said five hundred times, at least, and and he wears heavy chains, and so the chains had created some holes. And what's interesting is the holes did not expand; it right. just created like an architecture of almost like. You know, what's that beautiful expression? Scars are tattoos with better stories. Right. And so his were these holes. And I said to him, I said, I said, lad, I don't think he'll mind me saying his name because he loves when I recant this story. I said, lad, let me, I love the way your shirt is like, I mean, it's got, it's got stories. Mm-hmm. It's got codes. I said, let me um, receive that back and gift you a new one. He looked at me and he said, you couldn't fucking tear the shirt away from me mm-hmm. he said this this shirt's this has been a being. journey with me yeah and he said let me tell you something if my house is on fire and this shirt was by my front door i would grab it on the way out mm-hmm. like, it's it's like and so these things that become like these adult woogie blankets or these things that become mm-hmm. the clothes that have codes and it just becomes a part of you so yes that is true and it's it's a powerful thing to realize like 
we can own those things that we just love more. And, you know, look, the pursuit of perfection is the paralysis of progress. It is. We also believe, like, I love things that, that, have, that have been a part of me and that, that have that personality. So I do too. I'm, you know, sometimes when I'm painting, you know, Penny or Angie will see me and say, don't forget to put your apron on. You're going to ruin your clothes. And they say, I yeah. can't ruin my clothes. If I yeah. spill paint on my clothes, it's my reminder that I was doing what I love to do. And you can see a lot of these chairs. The one you're sitting in has paint all over it from the kids. And initially I was like, oh, damn it. They're spilling paint on my special chairs for my library meeting table. And then I just realized, <laughs> no, that's the celebration of my time with my kids. So yes. now I don't fuss about it. So if you ever come to do a podcast with me and you see my beautiful black leather chairs with paint all over them, you know that it's a celebration of the art of life. Celebration of the art of softness and durability, the celebration of all those things we can obliterate duality and just see that it becomes a part of us. And that's what we're that's what we're here to do is just to um to to be that reminder um of the of the remembrance of how good does it feel to feel this good. And yes. how good does it feel to feel this good as while we're doing right by the planet. Right. And it feels good. And I'll share one other thing that has been also just it warms my heart. It tickles my heart. This one tickles my heart is when I have people that don't know each other. I picture if you went to a party or something like that and you saw two dudes wearing Armani, the same Armani jacket. You would be like, oh my God, dude. I feel now I feel like a tool. Yeah. Two dudes wearing a, a duster, they come together, one golden thread. Yeah. They have a conversation. Yeah. There's a connection. Yes. Because it's a connection around a shared philosophy of living. Yes. And it becomes like this thing. Tribe. It becomes like a society. Yeah. And and you know, I, I, I believe in in, you know, we do what we do for connection and love. Yeah, we do. And and that's really where this started and where this will continue to weave as one golden thread continues to find its way. And you know, I also really um had a um a very surrendered moment along this journey when I definitely had some dark nights of the soul before 2020, right before my mother passed away and the business was dead in the water. $3,000 in sales coming out of pocket to pay those people that were paying on it. And, you know, we developed this beautiful face covering in memory of my mother and to help the homeless be able to go into a homeless shelter because for everyone sold, we donated went a homeless soul to be able to, during the, uh, the insanity of the of the early days in the pedantic pedantic uh, yeah, pedantic pandemic <laughs> was um, was to do something in memory of my mother when she passed and mm. and and, uh, and this is the way it started and, and and really to ignite the business and all of a sudden people said I want that feeling here I want that feeling all over my body mm. so um, it's a you know it's it's it, it brought me deep into coherence around the understanding the difference between doubt and uncertainty yeah and completely uncertain divinely guided of exactly where this is going to weave into the future i just have no doubt that we're on the right path and that, i i have no doubt here either i mean i didn't need to meet you to have a genuine interest in the clothing because the clothing speaks for itself but once i got to talk to you and feel the presence of the soul behind the clothing and the and to learn about the mythos and the ethos and the 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 mission vision and values of it i i just felt um i didn't feel at that point it was just clothing i felt it was an important message that i could get behind and that i think 
we all can get behind, even if you can't afford to buy the clothing. I think we, we should all buy into what it represents. Oh, and, and I will, with, with absolute humbleness um, within this, say, look, I get it. This is not, this is actually investing in self. These are not, these are not um, fast fashion pricing. What I would say is that adage is true. The least expensive thing in your closet is the thing you wear all the time. And if you added up that five shirts that are crap that maybe you wear once a month and you, you, it doesn't bring you spark joy or what have you, and you come into coherence and realizing you can spend a little bit more and you can you can feel this good and own less things that you love more. So I, I would be I'm very I'm very been very touched when I realized that people would say, like, wow, I'm invested in that duster. Mm. And I realized that now this is now as much a part of me as all the other crap that sits in my drawer. Yes. That I spent probably ten X on that. Yes. This is the thing that I go back to time and time and time again. Yes. And that's what we're about. And and by the way, I'll also say also with, with absolute honoring um and um and uh um and, and pride um that um we are pricing this at accessible luxuriousness. That's great, right? yeah. So the pricing isn't this isn't isn't out of reach for almost anybody. It's in reach for, for those who just wish to invest a few items mm-hmm. in in open themselves up versus close. It's it's investing in quality. I mean, uh, you know, I want to tell a quick story. My buddy Wade Lightheart, co-founder of Bioptimizers, came to visit me, and um, we were having a chat. And I had to get changed to get in the sauna. And he'd never seen the upstairs in our house and the view from the patio and things like that. And then I was going, and it just dawned on me. Oh, hey, you got to check out these clothes I'm testing out here. I think you're going to love them. And, and Jeff, the guy that makes them, he lives close to you. He lives right down where you, I got to hook you two up. He goes, oh, really? He says, well, show it to me. So here, try this on. So I took one of the shirts that you had given me and and he just fell in love with it. He was just touching it like he was touching a beautiful woman, you know, and just feeling it. And he's going, wow, this is incredible. This is incredible. And it fits so good. And he's looking at himself in the mirror. I'm like, I'm going to have a hard time getting that off of him. And it's going to hurt if I take it back from him. So I just gave it to him. And he was just happy as hell, you know. He's like, yes. And he didn't put his other shirt back on. He wore that thing. So that's the experience that you have, you know, when you really feel the quality and the texture and just the comfort and the, you know, not only that's good looking clothes, you know, it's, 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 you know, there's a lot of neat things you can buy that you don't want to wear outside of your house because they're not very attractive. Um, before I forget, is there any offer for the for the listeners? I can't remember where we got to with that. Absolutely, we created a special blessing for the listeners to come into coherence and and um, you know use the code. And I, I uh, Penny can actually oh, so Penny drop, will put that into drop her it, drop it in. But we created a special code, and um, and uh, within that, you know, you become just an insider. It's a code code that you can use not just once; you can use it time and again. Good. Um, and uh, the thing that I'll just mention that I'm most also proud of is, hey, listen, try it, buy it, love it, wear it. If you don't love it, return it. And that's part of the thing that's so that's so magical about this journey. It's like try on something new for size, try on a new philosophy, try on a new language, try yeah. on a new piece of clothing. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
And it's a, it's a fun thing when it, when it hits your body. And that's what led me to you is Kyle actually trying and saying like, I need to, I need to connect you with Paul because Paul actually will understand this at a, at a meta level. And then you brought up the bio harmony and, and blew my mind. And that's why it was such an honor to actually push pause and, yeah, baby. and, 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 and come out here and, and, uh, and, and sit with you. And this has been a real blessing and an honor. And, um, look, if we want to, if we want to, close this by the way that this whole thing opened and we can certainly uh yeah yeah let's do that and so for all of you just look in the show notes if you don't have time to write down the offer that penny's about to give you as she closes the podcast just go to the show notes and it'll be right there and i will assure you you're about to have a very unique clothing experience that you will be like wade you won't want to let go of it once you put it on so Jeff's going to share, uh, what do you call it, the, the manifesto poem? It was the Humanifesto. The Humanifesto. So Jeff's going to close us out with the Humanifesto. So uh, here's more of the depth of one golden thread coming through Jeff. Mm. So this is a three-part story that's going to last over four minutes and 44 seconds. So as a listen, the listeners, if you... If you're driving, you know, this might be the time that you actually pull off the side of the road, or if you're at home, this might be the time. What did you say? The, th the throwing axes put them down? I love that. What? <laughs> you, said, you said the throwing axes. That oh, you're, if you're juggling chainsaws. If you're juggling them. chainsaws, put them down. Yeah, so really receive this as a four-minute and 44-second blessing, and I will just share with you that there are no answers within any of this. I don't believe in, 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 in answers. What I, this is is each one is a simple gateway. Uh, to a deeper um, understanding of, around either a remembrance or a release or a reframe or, or perhaps a reveal. And it's a three-part story around intention, integration, and ignition. And it starts when we choose to rise and to realize that there is no, nor ever was, an enemy inside. To quiet that inner riot is... <laughs> to live life alive. Right here, we each get to choose freedom and liberation from resistance to fear, to now swim in our dark with open eyes, years of fears, rise to wisdom, sparked from our open heart. Right now, we each get to choose to choose to breathe with our pain. Life lessons revealed <laughs> our most treasured human gains. Every chance we choose to choose love, kindness, and soul, our inner ego shines as our quiet hero, our river, our life flows, letting go. Pain to pleasure, imagined failure, Euphoric once again, chasing the light, lost in the dark. This day, we get to choose to receive those highs and lows as illusions, just the same. Our past stories that self-judged and criticized, we now see the truth that they were lies in disguise. In this moment, we can choose to choose to receive those as the master of our guide.
So if that's how do we, if that's the intention, how do we integrate it? And for me, it started with five simple words scrawled on the wall at a temple in the desert. Love thyself, embrace your shadow. I now allow myself to see and be seen. Thus, I see you and you see me. Our minds unlocked, our hearts unblocked, our voice reclaimed. Those three keys released. The alchemist's search for answers and others may cease, opening me and we to just be free. And within that good vibe, we know our lighthouse shines from inside. And when we stray from our way, the gift of our birth is returned grateful from our inner nature and the green and blue grace of Mother Earth. So how do we ignite it? How do we light it? And it starts by obliterating the greatest lie of all, which is the illusion of separation, not between us, but between nature and one, is us, and realize it is all one mycelium tribe, open, unified, electrified, a planetary magic carpet ride. Outrageously courageous, we are ready for this. Right here, right now, moment in time. Self-love invites and ignites a shared love. Whatever your chosen energy source, feel that beacon course through you as your life force. This emotion is our devotion in motion. I love the way we love because we love to live and we live to love, always awake in the chance. And when we stumble, we make it part of our dance. In our world, we are surrendered to love because we trust the trust. It resides inside us, ignited all around us. The love that you are is the love that we are. We are golden, all connected together as one golden thread. So lead with love, be joyful, live curious, adventure to discover, embracing our lives as animals of life, always playful, lovers. Oh, great spirit. It is done, it is done, it is done. That's a very good manifesto for all of us to live, I'd say. Listen to it until you can embody it and make it your own. Well, I'll share one thing that was a one-word slip that that uh, is wor- is worthy of of uh, of uh, correction. There is no the truth; it is your truth. And the last thing I'll just leave leave all your viewers with is: look, I buried this was not um, about me sharing this to be good this is me sharing this to be liberated and free and i buried this as maybe there's something within you that you've buried um believing that um whether it's issues around worthiness or issues around who am i to share because that was what came through to me as i shared this for only the second time with a South African stranger at a very cool art gallery opening in New York at Danny Clinch's rock and roll anthology and he turned to me and if and he looked at me 
after I um, was, um, and, and I, I just met him. And, um, and he asked me a question. I looked back at him and I said, well, what kind of beautiful magic are you up to in the world? And he says, well, I, I've come from a dark place, but I'm actually igniting. Mm-hmm. That was my South African experience. Mm-hmm. And he looked, at, and I said, did you just say igniting? I've never heard anybody use that in a sentence before. I wrote this letter, poem to my, whatever it was, the, the, to myself, and the, the three-part story around intention, integration, and ignition. He looked at me, he says, I want to hear it. And I immediately got this cold sweat because I was choked back. I remember my entire life of sharing, and I was still in that 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 crystallis. Yeah, I was not flying, and I said well, it's not appropriate to share at a party. And I'm thinking I'm going to be another escape artist and do what I typically do. It's an exit straight left. And he looked at me, and he drops his glasses, and he says, "No, no, I want to hear it now." And I shared what I just shared with you and the viewers. And he looked at me, and he said, "What are you going to do with this?" Yeah, and I said nothing. And I said, and who am I to share? I'm just Jeff. He leans into me. He says, let me tell you something. We're on this planet for three reasons. To learn, to love, and to share. And if you're not sharing your gifts, you're being selfish. And he poked me in the chest. And he says, quit being so fucking selfish. And he (laughs) turned and walked away. I love it. Paul, I never got his name. And in that moment, that was the catalyst that jettisoned, that j- catapulted me into this jet stream. Yeah. Where I realized we can do this and we can actually give zero fucks because we can now give infinite fucks. Yeah. He and that's w- what we're doing. And that's what, honestly, that moment, we need sometimes that little nudge. We need that push. And if there's one thing that maybe landed for somebody today on this podcast, I my, my blessing and my hope for you is that you can take that, make it your own. It becomes a gateway for your understanding to come deeper into sharing your golden voice. He may have been an angel. You might not ever be able to find him again unless you call him up from your soul. And then he'll come poke you in the chest again and say, thanks for listening. <laughs> Three fingers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cool. Well, thank you guys. I hope you really enjoyed the podcast today. I know I sure did. And thank you, Jeff, for all that you're doing and all that you're sharing and all the inspiration and the most amazing clothes I've ever worn in my life and will continue to wear. And uh, I hope you guys take the opportunity to go to the website, check it out, give it a try. Hey, he's offered you to send them back if you don't like them, but I know you're not going to. I know I'm not going to. Matter of fact, now I'm afraid to let people wear them because they're going to want to keep them. (laughs) And uh, thank you to all the sponsors for all your love and all your support and uh, making beautiful products that actually work. Thank you to all of you for anything you buy from the sponsors to support the podcast. And uh, I look forward to sharing something magical, mysterious, and wonderful with you next week. So, Let's all do our best to live and love fully together. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. Yeah, this has been an honor. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Living 4D with Paul Check and today's guest, Jeff Skolt. Living 4D listeners can get 11% off your order from One Golden Thread. Go to bit.ly forward slash One Golden Thread and use the code CHECK22. That's bit.ly 
forward slash one golden thread o-n-e-g-o-l-d-e-n-t-h-r-e-a-d and use the code check 22 that's uppercase c uppercase h uppercase e uppercase k 22 and as a bonus one golden thread will also plant a tree for every item purchased Want to dress like Paul? He really likes the tree shirt in white and black and the Milano's pants in black. You can connect with Jeff on social media at Jeff Skult and at One Golden Thread. You can also visit his website, jeffskult.com. That's J-E-F-F-S-C-U-L-T.com. You can find Paul on Instagram and TikTok at paul.check, on Twitter at paulcheck, or on his YouTube podcast channel, youtube.com forward slash living4d with Paul Check. You can also watch more on Paul's blog at paulchecksblog.com or visit the Czech Institute site at checkinstitute.com to find Paul's e-learning courses, advanced training programs, and to learn more about the Czech Academy. You can read the full show notes and find links to the resources mentioned in this episode at checkinstitute.com forward slash podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and a warm review at the top of the show page on Spotify or at the bottom of the show page if you are listening on Apple Podcasts.